The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. Today is March 20th, 2022, and here are the topics that we will discuss on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show. College students across the country left feeling uneasy after a second day of threats. It halts all, all of our education and everything, and it doesn't make us really feel safe. At Bethune-Cookman University in Florida, the threat came from a neo-Nazi organization, according to Daytona Police. The caller warned of bombs and other violence. The bodies of people um, being fed to these dogs and dog eating them and sitting, being frightened, knowing that if they see me, they will you know, bite me, I think it was, I was not, I was so terrified. This morning, victory. Thomas wins the NCAA championship. And controversy. Leah Thomas, a swimmer on the University of Pennsylvania's women's swim team, has become the first openly transgender athlete to win a Division I NCAA championship. Barely a week into his five-month sentence for faking an attack on himself, former Empire actor Jesse Smollett is a free man. Online radio at its best. Father God, we just thank you and we praise you for this day, Lord God. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for this is truly the day in which you have made and we can rejoice and be glad in it, Lord God. Father, we thank you, O God, that we can come before you and make our request known unto you, Lord God. We come before you, Lord God, on behalf of those that have submitted prayer requests in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for you know all, you see all, you're everywhere all at the same time. And God, we thank you that there is nothing that can happen on the face of this earth, O God, that catches you off guard or catches you by surprise. Father, we thank you in the name of of Jesus for you being a healer. We thank you for you being a deliverer, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that mother or that father, Lord, that's crying out on behalf of that child, whether they be sick, whether they're gone wayward, Lord God. We thank you in the name of Jesus for you being the peace, you being the calm in the midst of a storm in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for you touching that body, Lord God, that may be Lord God, ailing in the name of Jesus. We thank you right now, Lord God, for you showing up on the scene, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for you being the medicine, Lord God. You being that bomb in Gilead, oh God. Father, we thank you for you being that bomb here in the United States, that bomb abroad, Lord God. Wherever you are needed, God, we ask that you show up and show out. We ask, Lord God, that you arise and demonstrate your power in the name of Jesus. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise, O oh God, and we thank you, O oh God, for allowing us to come before you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
347-850-1272 is the call-in number. It's four minutes after the top of the hour, and what a prayer. It was so popular, people wanted to hear it again, so there you go. I'm Jay Ryle. Thank you guys for joining us on this beautiful Sunday morning. And as always, I never should have stayed by myself. Vanessa Mae Bell is in the house this morning. And uh, Rich Sisters in the house as well. Let's bring him in. What's going on, Big Sis? How are you? Hey, how's my handsome brother doing this morning? Oh my goodness, not showering me with with uh, with blessings already by calling me beautiful, which you know I'll take that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? I'm good. I'm good. It's a beautiful Sunday in Houston. It is very beautiful outside. Beautiful outside. Thank you so much for being here. Let's bring in Miss Jackie. Jackie, good morning. Welcome to the Serious Side. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everyone doing? Hey, Jackie. Everybody's doing well. Everybody's doing well, Jackie. Thank you so much for being here. Miss Elias is off this morning, so that's sad, sad news for those who are in the chat room. And for our favorite segment, one of our favorite segments, uh, Pastor Steve states your case because it's hard for me to be able to do the chat and everything I got going on during the course of the show. So I tell you what I will try to do. I will make an attempt. I can't make any promises because I know we're going to have some good topics this morning, and I know people want to weigh in on them. All right, folks, listen. And, of course, our main man, Mr. Jerome, usually joins us after his commitment or clip on the radio, but until then, we kind of hold it down, and we take a few minutes to kind of rapid clap amongst ourselves. So, you know, uh, Vanessa, I just saw your text message, uh, like, at 5 o'clock this morning. I'm like, oh. What are we talking about this morning? I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and so it's like, but you talked about Russia. And you said, you know, Russia is obviously the big headline. Uh, and you know, we're not going to spend any, we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it today. But it's in the news. Uh, but, I mean, my God, when you watch the pictures and you watch what's going on, uh, how do you think this is going to end? I mean, do you think at some point in time this guy Putin, is going to ever be brought up, brought up on war crimes because apparently he is aiming, and the, and the Russian army, they are aiming at civilians. That is a war crime. And there are members of the United States Senate, and, well, I should say Congress, that support what this guy is doing. And I'm not going to go as far as to say that they support him. They won't denounce him. And, uh, you know, they had a vote this past week voting on uh, – you know, not to use Russian oil and all this other nonsense. And, and there were uh, the usual suspects who voted against it. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, you know, those people. So anyway, how do you think this thing is going to end, Vanessa? You know, I talked to Bobby's uncle who was in the military for 25 years and he's in Massachusetts. So I talked to him last week and I said, you know, I'm not old enough to know all about World War Three, Two, and everything that was going on in my life. I wasn't paying any attention. I said, so how do you think this is going to end? I just asked Bobby, I think he's 78. He said, he doesn't think it's going to end well. He said that he thought it was really going to tear up our uh, economy here. That it might get better. But the rest of the things that Russia 
has for us, we're not going to get. Then there are people that's going to side with Russia that we're not going to know about. And we're not going to probably get those items either. So he just keeps, and then he feels like Putin is out of control. So he feels like that Putin is going to start air bombing, which he did yesterday. Didn't he bomb a, 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 the army's rack, the Ukraine army's barracks? So some of the stuff he said already is coming to pass. And I asked him, did he think that we were going to step in? And he said, eventually, he thinks that it's going to be the North and the South. He, you know, he hopes that it doesn't get as bad where we have to step in and our people have to go over there and get killed for some of that stuff. So I don't know. I was just listening to him and he was just rambling, rambling, rambling. But he just said that he didn't think it was going to end well. And I know, uh, I don't necessarily think that we're going to be, have soldiers over that day. But I think it's going to tear our economy up. I do. I think it's going to tear our economy up. And I say that because I'm everywhere traveling. The only place I haven't been lately is Europe, and I'm on my way there next year. And I have just seen the shelves and stuff empty. I have seen the boats in the water. I think that this is, I, I think it's going to be bad. I think it's going to hurt our economy. Ladies, they just announced that uh, all those ships in the water has all those name brand Nordstrom and Macy's clothes. Macy's and Nordstrom denied receiving those clothes off the ship. So they went to TJ Maxx and Marshalls, just giving y'all a heads up for the falls. Same question, Jackie. <laughs> Same question for you. How do you think this thing is going to end? Oh. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of in agreement with, uh, with well, I guess with whatever our uncle said, uh, because it's, I mean, you already seen the effects of it as it is, aren't you? So, <laughs> in big shock. Okay. And it's a big shocker that you talk about some members of comments, com, uh, of Congress, sorry, are you talking about they are in agreement with what he's doing. <laughs> big, big shocker, I guess. They were in agreement with the... <laughs> The other lovely party is his boyfriend, so big, big shocker, big shocker. But, uh, I mean, you already seen the effect as it is, so it really doesn't look good. Well, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not sure how this thing is going to end. Uh, I think that uh, the problem with Putin is that he is uh, he's backed into the corner. This thing is not going the way that they had anticipated. And so I don't think that there's some way, somehow, they have to provide him with a political off-ramp. I don't know how they're going to do that. And, and until they provide him a way out of this, uh, I think that the killing and all these things are going to continue. I just don't see how uh, – I just don't see how 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 uh I don't know how this thing is gonna end. And that that's what makes this uh nervous for me. Now, you know, I talked about last week about the possibility of nuclear weapons. Um, you know, as a former nuclear biological chemical uh chemical uh non commissioned officer in the US military, that's just a war that's a war that we do not want. I don't think that's going to happen now because that those talks have cooled. But the big thing here is you know, what role is China playing in this? Uh, you know, uh, President Biden had a conversation with the uh, Chinese president yesterday because 
obviously the sanctions are starting to hurt Russia. And so Russia is reaching out to a friend, phoning a friend, and that's China, because China is the only. We're talking about the second largest economy uh, outside of the United States of America, and they can provide Russia, you know, with some relief, and that's the problem. And so those are the things that that we're concerned about, uh, the U.S. is concerned about. So I don't know how this thing is going to end. I just – you watch this stuff. These people are targeting babies. I mean, but you know what you say? What is, it's what it's is something that uh, it's something that's just hard. It's hard to it's just hard to watch. Go ahead, Vanessa. What were you saying? What if, I'm sorry. What if China does tell Biden, "Oh, we're not going to help him. We're going to step back. We're not going to help him." But if China, it's like his uncle said, if China gives it to somebody else to give it to Russia. Well, there's, yeah, but see, the, the problem. Well, yeah, but see, the problem is, is that there are not many. You know, there are only a few players that could possibly uh, be involved in this. And you know, I, and you know, U.S. intelligence, we're monitoring all of them. So, you know, you're talking about Belarus. I mean, so so there are not a lot of players that China can give things to and try to route it through Russia some type of way. The last thing that China wants to do, um, you know, they don't want to go, they don't want to get into this whole situation with the U.S., even though, you know, people talk about how, you know, the Chinese own so much of of the American, you know, it has so much of the money of America's uh, uh, credit and all this other stuff. You know, people say, you remember that old, that old email that went around to pick up seven things on your desk? Uh, six of those seven things are going to say made from China. The trade, uh, the, you know, the trade balance there is such a, the trade deficit between the two countries is ridiculous. But China don't want that either because the U.S., is the largest economy in the world. And so why would you back Russia, a failing economy, a small country, when the U.S. is really and truly uh, rallying all of these European allies? China just don't want to be on that side of the fight. So they're trying to, you know, they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. So they're trying to straddle this fence. They don't want to totally condemn Russia, but at the same time, they don't want the U.S. to think that, they want to put, be nice to the U.S. too, so so it's they're in a tricky situation uh, as far as they can see it. To me, it's a no-brainer. You know, you, you say no, this is ridiculous. Stay out of it. But you know, that's the only lifeline that Russia really has because this is not going well for for Putin. And they may eventually, you know, win this whole thing. But at the end of the day, they're going to take such a huge, huge. Uh, this is going to damage them long term. From the from a, from the economy standpoint, now these Russian oligarchs they're starting to feel the squeeze. Uh, you see, Russians are leaving Russia because they see what's happening. You know, McDonald's is shutting down, has shut down over there. You saw all the long lines, people trying to get McDonald's before they left. This is going to have a, a lasting impact on Russia. I just don't see how they're going to get out of it. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? Oh yeah, people. Are, yeah, yeah, this is uh. The the one thing that the, that that uh, that that the critics are saying is that Russia has managed to do something that uh, we couldn't do on our own. We have, I mean, we're talking about NATO is united. The one thing that Russia despises and Putin despises is NATO, and this act of war has made that alliance so tight. And uh, so we'll see. 
We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Now, but I this guy's on the. Hmm. I hate it. I hate that he's bombing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Daycare. That the maternity ward. He that he bombed yes. a, an apartment complex. He is just. Yep. He's insane. Yeah. He's insane. That's being polite. He is. He is doggone crazy. <laughs> and for and for us to. And for people, and you know, the thing is, you have Tucker Carlson saying all that nonsense on Fox News. You have members of Congress. There was one member of Congress that said that Zelensky was a thug. I mean, and guess what? And guess where you? And guess where they are playing it on a loop on Russia's state television? So it's crazy that you have people in the United States of America who are who, who are siding with Russia. I, I, I'm just, you know, hey. At some point, you just have well, to stop saying that you're surprised by it. Say what? What's crazy is the people that's gonna that vote for him to back office. That's well, yeah, crazy. but but yeah, well, guess what? And more of those crazies are gonna, you know, listen. Numbers say that the Republicans are gonna take over the take over the, the House again. And they have a good shot at the Senate, too. So it's like we don't learn our lessons. We're going to bring the same people in power who have created some of these issues. It's amazing to me. All right, 347-850-1272. It is time for an NPR News update. We'll get into the heavy lifting of the show. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. And it's best. We appreciate you. We love you. And continue to support the show. We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Thousands have evacuated from the regions of Ukraine directly affected by fighting from the Russian invasion, but more than 13 million are still living in areas experiencing conflict. As NPR's Becky Sullivan reports from Lviv. The fighting has taken the shape of a backward sea, stretching from the capital of Kiev around the country's northeast, east, and southeast through Mariupol and Mykolaiv on Ukraine's southern shore. 10 million Ukrainians have left their homes to seek safety elsewhere in the country or leave altogether. UNHCR's representative in Ukraine, Karolina Lintholm-Villen, says the top need is a safe place to stay. Their homes have been destroyed, damaged, or now become inhabitable because they are in an area of active fighting. The number of people displaced or living in conflict areas amounts to around half of Ukraine's population. Becky Sullivan, NPR News, Lviv. Officials in the port city of Mariupol say Russian forces have bombed an art school where some 400 people were taking shelter. That report, however, has not been independently verified. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson being widely criticized for drawing comparisons between Ukraine's resistance and Britain's vote to leave the European Union. Bill and March reports. During a speech Saturday at a conference for members of his Conservative Party, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the British people shared the instincts of Ukrainians who, quote, choose freedom every time and cited 2016's Brexit referendum. Senior members of Johnson's own party and high-profile figures in Europe have criticized his comments, with the former Polish Prime Minister and President of the European Council, Donald Tusk, calling them offensive. The head of the Liberal Democrats' political party in the UK, Sir Ed Davey, said the comparison was an insult to Ukrainians. Others pointed out that Ukraine had recently sought emergency admission to become a member of the European Union, while Johnson had been instrumental in Britain's exit from the EU. For NPR News, I'm Bill and Marks. 
The family of a 12-year-old Kenosha, Wisconsin girl calling for charges against an off-duty police officer who was captured on video putting his knee on the child's neck. The officer was working as a security guard at the middle school when he intervened in a fight. Assembly files of member station WUWM reports. Since video of the incident surfaced, Officer Sean Gutschow resigned from his job at Lincoln Middle School. The Kenosha Police Department has not announced any action against Gutschow, who was off-duty at the time, but has said it is investigating. The 12-year-old girl's father, Jarrell Perez, wants the officer fired and criminally charged. I want to see this officer get charged because if it was me or another parent or any, any adult that stood that, that put their knee on, on, on a kid, that would be abuse. Perez drew comparisons to George Floyd, who was killed when a Minneapolis police officer knelt on his neck for several minutes. You're listening to NPR News. College students across the country left feeling uneasy after a second day of threats. It halts all all of our education and everything, and it doesn't make us really feel safe. At Bethune-Cookman University in Florida, the threat came from a neo-Nazi organization, according to Daytona police. The caller warned of bombs and other violence. That there were seven explosives that were disguised in duffel bags. There was a secondary threat of an active shooting that was supposed to occur somewhere around 1230. It was around the lunch hour. Howard University has faced three threats since the first of the year, including two this week. But definitely caused a lot of heightened um, conversations for us. Ashley Fields is editor-in-chief of The Hilltop, the Howard student paper. A lot of students have started to say they feel scared and uncomfortable being in in-person classes and in a proximity of where the threats have happened. Uh, we haven't received much information about, you know, whether the threats were connected, where they came from. The Howard Campus Police Chief assuring students, we have remained on alert on campus since the very first threat and have not stopped our work of assessment and scaled surveillance for suspicious activity. While the threats have been unsubstantiated, for students, they are no less distracting. Just uh, very unsettling, very disturbing to have our students subjected to this. I just hope that all these universities remain safe and that the threats don't become anything further than that. Welcome in 347 It's the serious side of the J. Rowe Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best 23 minutes after the hour. Uh, you know, here recently, uh, you know, the last few months, this is something that we didn't talk about, and, you know, shame on us, uh, HBCUs, bomb threats against HBCUs all across this country. We're talking about some well-renowned uh, universities such as Howard University, and you heard some of the universities mentioned uh, during the uh, lead-in for this particular segment. It is a frightening uh, situation, but this is, in my opinion, the results of, you know, living in the world in which Donald Trump was president. And so now, you know, here we are. So we have all these situations where these types of threats against black, you know, historically black colleges and universities is something that um, uh, we need to take a look at. So we're going to start the conversation right there. So, Vanessa, let me start with you. Um, 
when you hear about these things, you know, we had a, 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 a few a few months ago there were, you know, black churches uh, being set on fire. It's like, oh, my God, are we back in the 60s? What's going on here? Give me your thoughts. I think the clock is rewinding. It is so unfortunate. Everything that I saw when I was much younger or I would hear my mom talk about, it's coming back. Right. Like old clothes coming right back to honor. So you know what? All of this goes back to Donald Trump. We knew it existed. We kind of saw it from a distance. But since the world of Trump, it is open and in our face, like, bam, like right there. But there's not enough people talking about it. Remember a couple of years ago, the white boy sat at the table at church, talked to all of those people, and then killed every single last one of them. Do you remember that? Mother Emmanuel. Mother Emmanuel, yeah. President Obama sang Amazing Grace at the funeral of the uh, pastor of the so church. I'm one like, of the most profound moments it, of his it's presidency. Crazy. It's crazy. All of this stuff is coming right back. I'd be scared, too. But I'm scared, really, to be anywhere this day and time by myself or even with Bobby sometimes because people are all shooting and packing guns and, and you don't know what the, if the white person is racist and going to try to shoot you. Or, I mean, it's just black on black crime. It's, it's, it's this world is just in such a bad place. It's in such a bad place right now. And I know people are like, she's so dramatic. Okay. You, you keep thinking that. Y'all better try to well, look at all the news channels, not just a couple of news channels. Look at all of them. Like we look at the one that's abroad. I think it's called OBC or something like that we look at. See what they think about us, what the European news people are thinking about us. And you don't hear not one word about what's going on with the black people. Nothing. But... Didn't Putin say just, and y'all had on the show, Putin said, y'all better worry about what's going on with y'all black people rather than worrying about me? Ain't that what Putin said? Yeah, but you know what, Vanessa, but let, me, let me jump in here because this is the thing. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and there's no doubt about it. There's some accountability in the African-American community. But, you know, the, you know for us to, we're talking about threatening and bombing threatening with the, the fact there are people out there who are threatening to bomb HBCUs. So, you know, listen, there are so many problems that we can talk about that's happening in the world today, but I definitely want us to make sure that we stay on this particular topic because at the end of the day, you know, a lot of this stuff gets whitewashed over. You know, we didn't talk about it. I feel bad about you know. it. We didn't even talk about it. We didn't even talk about this. And, this, you know, listen, I've always said about this show is that this show is all about us at the end of the day. You know, you just have to do what you have to do. If you don't like what we're talking about, that's okay. There are plenty of, of – there are a plethora of options that you have available to you. You don't have to listen to us bump our gums for two hours on this show, and then there's another then, – then, you know, obviously you listen to Jerome's show afterwards. You don't have to be here for the full three hours. You can go do something else. But we have to, as our people, we have to make sure that we – we stay focused on the topics out there, and we bring these things to light. Because you know, listen, I'm not saying that we're, you know, we're the only ones. We are a very small fish in a huge ocean. So yeah, 
we may reach three or 400 people or maybe even a 1,000 or 2,000 people. That's cool. But that's a 1,000 or 2,000 people that didn't hear this before. And there are people that listen to us every Sunday, and they look to us to be able to provide them, you know, about news about our community. So I definitely want to make sure that we talk about what's happening here because we just can't sugarcoat this or just glide over it and try to, you know, throw this in the pot of problems of the United States of America and the world. There are plenty of them, but we want to focus on this. We've got to focus on this because we're going to continue to do these things, and as long as we're not calling them out, you know, it's just going to go unnoticed. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit, is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Doing outstanding. Hey, Jerome. Uh, You sound different. I sound different? Yes. It's just, yeah, it's a different line. You're on speaker, so, yeah, I might sound a little... I'm feeling fine, so if I don't if I don't sound well, I'm good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I need to do something. <laughs> okay, that was water. Well. Drink, and I just that was water. Of, you I just good? All right. Of, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was water. Make sure people hate you. You already drove yeah. yeah, he sounds sounds good, man. All right, all right. So all right. listen, man, we're we're talking about this whole thing about the bomb threats to HBCUs. And the fact that this is something that happened about a month ago, we didn't talk about it. I'm not, well, we didn't talk about it on the serious side. I know that, you know, listening to your show, which, by the way, is a shameless plug for uh, on a need-to-know basis, you've got to listen to it because Jerome dives into these types of topics. There are things that we don't cover here that we know that if we, you know, if we don't get them, he's going to get them. So at the end of the day, you're going to be, you need to stay here for three hours and get all of it because it's just, this good radio. So, Jerome, man, give me your thoughts on this thing, man. We talk about the fact that HBCUs are being targeted, you know, they're sending bomb threats, and even though none of the bomb threats have, you know, turned into anything, it's just a fact, it's just a psychological effect that it has on students attending these institutions. Yes, and so it, it reminds me of something that um, Minister Farrakhan said after 9-11. It said, he said that when white folks were, like, freaking out, and scared to go to a ball game or ride the subway, he said, y'all need to turn to black people who live under constant threat. We do. And he said, look at how we handle that, is what his advice was. Turn to black folks. Because what happens is that if you look at whether it's Rosewood, Tulsa, Beaumont, any of those, like, cities that white folks have, randomly targeted just because black people were there, then you would realize that that, my friend, is always like, um, that, that is always a threat to black folks. And that, not that this is not something new, but we're being targeted right. because of the administration that just came out of there, because it gave white supremacists and, and all of those, you know, organizations, it gave them permission to show their butt. So right. they're getting threats by cowards who are sitting in their basement um, just making prank phone calls, and the FBI need to get up on their job. Because I guarantee you, if black people were doing that to a Jewish synagogue or something, they would find these fools. But apparently they're harder to trace when you threaten black people. So we need to deal with it from a realistic standpoint when it comes to our own security and our own protection. And for even for what you just said to Vanessa, I know, you know, you guys might 
get a little tired of me refocusing to black folks like that all the time. When we do this show, I always say that. Everybody's always looking out for, you know, when we talk about Ukraine or whatever, when white folks or Europeans have crises, we are always deep diving into it about how we feel about that. But we never talk about how we feel about us being under tyranny or under threat. So this this needs to be something that we need to address, but we also acknowledge that this happens a lot because when you are high profile as a black person, you are going to get threats. You know, President Obama probably got the most threats of any president in U.S. history because he was black. So probably. So probably. That's a fact. They've already put that out there. That's a fact. Right. Right, because we live in a country that is full of colonizers or colonizer mentality or um, um, I want to say a – vampirialism, right? Like we live in a land full of vampires who who are blood, you know, who who have a blood lust, a bloodthirst, and people like to see chaos. So, even yeah. when you talk about something like like Ukraine or something, we need to deal with the history in that area more than we need to deal with what Putin's mentality is because Obama, I'm sorry, Trump's mentality was like Putin's. People don't want to deal yep. with that. They're like, oh, you know, yeah, that's just partisan. I don't give a rat's about either party. I can tell you that right now. The truth is, is that the first thing Trump did when he got in office is he said, what what do I need to do or what protocol to use a nuclear weapon? He found he that did. out first. That tells you something. So we live in a land that we need to be conscious of it. And so black people need to get over this and be conscious about the threats that always are looming around us as a community. And I'm not saying there's anything we can do about it because you can't stop prank phone calls, but there is something that folks need to deal with. Yes. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, 110%. 347 Jackie, give me your thoughts on this. you know, once again, the threat to HBCUs and just in general, uh, the, just the tone of the conversation, because I agree with Jerome. We, we, you know, sometimes we do. We have to stay focused on what's happening with us. And, 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 and you know, like I mentioned before, you know, listen, the pot of problems is huge. <laughs> you know, you can, you know, take a scoop in that pot and pull any any problem out. But, you know, at the end of the day, we definitely have to make sure that we stay focused on things that are affecting our folks and we just can't just kind of glide over it and lump some of this stuff into the same pot. We just have to be able to look at something specifically and be able to have a conversation and address that issue and uh, and, and, and kind of stay that course. Give me your thoughts on this whole thing with HBCUs uh, being targeted. Uh, and, you know, like Jerome said, it could be, you know, crane calls. Basically, that's what they've turned out to be because nothing is, you know, really, you know, nothing has, uh, they haven't found anything. But at the end of the day, once again, the psychological effect on students, uh, sometimes that stuff is irreversible. Give me your thoughts. Okay. So, uh, I'm on the bus, so hopefully not catching too much background noise. Uh, I know you, you talked about our read back to the 1960s. I mean, it sure seems like things are trying to uh, go that way, and not just with these HBCUs, just all kinds of situations with interference and all kinds of things with voting and 
and all that stuff. And, you know, I mean, you can really go back to going back to President Obama. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, white people lost their minds when he got into office, which is why Trump is able to get in in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what's going on, but I do, do agree with you that we need to stay focused, keep the main thing, the main thing, and stay focused. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, um, but when we look at, like you said, the 60s and, and the fact that I, I'm in the chat room and I read a comment saying that racism uh, existed before Trump, that's true. And no one's not denying that. But what we are saying is that Trump was allowed, yeah, well, Trump, Trump Trump allowed those people that were hiding in the darkness to come to light. You can't tell me the last time you saw a, a rally of young white men carrying tiki torches uh, saying, you know, Jews won't replace us, right? Yeah. You can't tell me that. You haven't seen that in a very long time. I mean, so so to say, you know, no, nobody's, you know, listen, the, the dispute or the debate here is not, you know, when racism started. We know that. But at the end of the day, we're talking about the current climate because, you know, I've said this before, and, you know, and I know people who have been listening to this show are going to say, oh, my God, here it comes again. Yep, here it comes again. I always said this, that when President Obama got elected, you know, we're going to find out what this nation is all about. And I remember my girls, my, my young girls coming home and saying that they had seen a different tone in their in their friends. It's like everything was hunky-dory. You know, we'll let – you know, we'll let a black person be in Congress. We'll let a black person be the CEO of a few Fortune 500 companies. But, oh, my God, this black person now is the most powerful person in the world, and people freaked out. And some of this stuff, and like Jerome just mentioned uh, during his comments, you, you know, and, and it's a fact. President Obama, the amount of threats that he, the threats that came in on him, that's why Secret Service were like, oh, my God, he's going out to get a burger? Oh, come on, Brad. But President Obama said, look, I just got to do what I got to do. I got to live my life, and I got to be the president for the people. But, his, I mean, his life was constantly uh, uh, in danger. And I think that's one of the main reasons. May not be, well, I'm not going to say the main reasons. Probably one of the reasons why Michelle Obama said, no, I can't, no, I can't do this even though Republicans are scared that she may run. But it's like, I can't do this because she knows what that, that family had to deal with. Joe, let me give you the last word. Let me give you the last two minutes. Daddy. On the Go ahead. Was that oh, I'm sorry. Who was that talking? Was that Vanessa? Go ahead, Vanessa. No, I said, I know she's glad that he's out. And somebody brought his name up for Supreme Court. And I know Michelle was like, oh, uh-uh, baby, you don't need to be doing that. I know, I know that woman didn't have a lot of sleepless nights. I mean, she had some sleepless nights and some nightmares about her husband. I know that woman did because he got well, that's so That's why Colin Powell didn't run, right? That's why Colin Powell's wife, that's why he didn't run. Yeah. That's why Colin Powell that's never right. ran for president because his wife right. came out and said, look, she was it's scared right. that he would get shot. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I think being a Supreme Court justice, they would be okay with that. That's one of those positions, you know, hey, we have to give you something. Yeah, I think so. But once you become president, you know, I mean, you are the leader of the free world. That's, you're at a whole different level. You know, people are not looking they at it. They don't want because, a let me black man like Obama in no high-up positions, Jay. They don't well, want not now because, that because 
Well, Vanessa, but you're right. But what I'm saying is, is that before, if they'd have recommended him for Supreme Court justice before he became president, it, it would be an issue with the norm. Okay, but trust me, after him being president for eight years, no, nah, I mean he is, uh, you know, he's a lightning rod for for those types of things. So yeah, no way, nobody, no, they don't want to be. Heck, you know, no, I agree with you on that. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Just the imagine you know, just, hearing. Just, just like, do you imagine those oh, hearings? Yeah. Oh, that'd be that'd be must be TV right there. <laughs> oh man, my goodness. Oh, you know what though? But they would jump at it, Jerome, because you know, especially if Biden, had, you know, if Biden never, you know, if he's ever elected or ever selected to to, to serve in the Supreme Court, boy, those Republicans would be licking their lips, man. Oh yeah, we got them. They gonna start asking them about everything from Benghazi to you know, you know, you know how they play that role, man. Just Remember how boring the Benghazi stuff was? Oh, right? yeah. They had Hillary Clinton in there for yeah. like four days, and they got nothing. Oh, yeah. Nothing. Oh, yeah. Nothing memorable. Oh, yeah. Just crazy. Spending, just spending taxpayers' money on a bunch of nonsense. But then these are the same people who do not want to have hearings on January 6th. Well, I tell you what, man, they talk out of both sides of the neck. 347-850-1272. With high gas prices, the Biden administration is encouraging U.S. companies to increase their production to help curb record high gasoline prices. Turns out, however, that boasting or boosting output is easier said than done. In this week's edition of Informing and Select, something that you need to know, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to explore it, because some people are saying, well, just, you know, just pump out oil. Well, it ain't that, it ain't that easy. It's convenient time. Informing and Select, something that you need to know. Don't go anywhere, folks. We'll be right back. The U.S. is the world's top oil producer. So why is it trying to woo countries such as Saudi Arabia, Iran, and Venezuela to produce more oil when it could be pumping more oil at home? NPR's Brittany Cronin went to find out. Let's start at the White House. President Biden says despite his long-term climate ambitions, he's not standing in the way of U.S. oil producers. The oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now, yesterday, last week, last year. Biden has a complicated history with oil companies. He campaigned on transitioning away from oil. But to get gas prices down, he wants oil companies to ramp up production fast. Vicki Holub, president and CEO of Occidental Petroleum, says that's easier said than done. At the Sarah Week Energy Conference last week, she was asked about how quickly oil producers can boost output. And the outlook was not good. I would say that we're in a really dire situation here. Coming into this year, Holub says oil producers weren't really planning on significant growth. The industry was recovering from a huge drop in demand early in the pandemic. It's still about a million and a half barrels per day short of pre-pandemic production. And now these companies are being asked to pump even more. Nobody really prepared in advance for significant growth. And so now with the supply chain challenges, it makes any kind of attempt to grow at a rapid pace very, very difficult. But start with the fact that more oil requires drilling more wells. Barzine Mo, vice president of intelligence and Embarrass, an energy analytics company, says it's not as simple as turning a spigot. The point from which you drill a rig to the point that you can turn it online, it takes about six to eight months. 
typically. And these days are anything but typical. Mo says she doesn't expect to see more oil until next year. That's for a few reasons, starting with the supply chain. So first there's materials. To drill an oil well, you need things like sand and steel, things that are expensive and in short supply right now. Then you have labor. The number of workers producing oil and gas has been declining for years. Then, at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of workers got laid off. And those people may not come back, right? That's Stacey Morris, Director of Research at Alarian, an energy data provider. They probably had to go on and find something else to do because their job in the oil industry went away. Last year, some of those jobs did come back, but not all of them. But the biggest factor for oil companies right now might actually be fear. Their investors have been telling them to focus on returns over growth. Don't go chasing the next oil boom. I think energy companies were very afraid to ramp production because they were going to get punished by investors. Now, maybe Russia's invasion into Ukraine will change that equation, but top oil executives are proceeding to caution. Oil prices are volatile, and they're all too familiar with the bus at the other side of the boom. Here's Vicki Holub's Occidental Petroleum president and CEO. I think there has to be growth in supply at some point uh, when we can make it happen. No promises when that will be. So if you're hoping that U.S. producers might relieve some of that pressure at the pump, you might be waiting for a while. Brittany Cronin, NPR News. Online radio at its best. The bodies of people um, being fed to these dogs and dog eating them and sitting, being frightened, knowing that if they see me, they will, you know, bite me. I think it was, I was not, I was so terrified. Welcome back in 347 It's a serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network online radio. It is best 46 minutes after the hour. Um, you know, Jerome, you, uh, you brought up something during your comments during the last segment that uh, it was almost as if you knew we were going to talk about this this morning. And, it, you know, we talked about uh, some of the racism that African-Americans, well, not African-Americans, I'm so used to saying that when it comes to black folks, people of color uh, were experiencing abroad when they were trying to escape Ukraine. And, you know, we saw videos of how, you know, darker-skinned people were not allowed on trains and people with animals were before they were, students were allowed. And it got me to thinking about some of the atrocities that have happened you know, to folks that look like us abroad. And I can't remember, and listen, let me say this, because people sometimes I'll say something, and, and folks will, will take it out of context, and then they want to send me all these mean messages and, and you know, and things that, uh, you know, sometimes if I bring up something as a, as, as a topic of discussion, I'm not bringing it up because I may agree or disagree with the particular statement or comment, but I'm trying to put the what if fact out there so we can have those types of conversations. But so let me say this. What I'm about to say, 
trust me, what's happening in Ukraine is, is, is an atrocity. It is horrible. I think Putin is a coward. He is just a despicable human being. But that being said, I can't remember America rallying around, when, you know, when we see what's happening with our community, with folks, you know, with countries overseas. You know, R- Rwanda, for example. I don't remember the outcry. Now, maybe it's just me. Somebody help me out with this. But, you know, they lost 800,000 people in 10 days over there. Now, this was, you know, going on within their own borders, but I just don't remember people, everyone in tears and, you know, all this stuff. Or even, you know, look at what happened overseas here with some of the big uh, hurricanes that have happened in Haiti and stuff like that. I've heard a little bit, but it's not to the level that we're seeing for Ukraine. Jerome, help me with this, man. If, if Help me with this. Say something before Jerome do, because I know Jerome is really going to make Go it sound good, and I'm going to sound crazy. Can I just say this real quick? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Nope. Sounds I, crazy. I no, you gonna bring it. You gonna bring it home, Vanessa. That's why they love you. You just gonna bring it to them like you sit no, at your no, kitchen no, table no, talking no. to Bobby Jones. No, but look, there's two different skin. I hate to put it like this, but there's two different skin colors we're talking about here. So absolutely. If you see white skin going through something with somebody as cruel, I'm going to use the word cruel, as Putin. Yes, your heart goes out to these people who sleep, pregnant women who had a a, a C-section, had to get up and walk to a bunker underneath it and get blown up. Yes, people are crying. But then when they see dark skin, it's like, oh, you know. That, it, you are absolutely right. It is a difference, and I never thought about it. I never thought about it until you just said it. People are hurting and upset, and but, but the outcry to me is on, on social media is not what it should be to me. To me, y'all should be saying something about what Putin is doing because it would be like somebody coming over here to the United States and say, you know what, I think I'm going to take over Texas because Texas got all that oil. So, you know, I just, but then you look at Haiti and these other places where these people that had storms and, and everything to come in water, killing and killing them and rushing up their bed. And ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. I just, you're right. You're right. Why does the difference of a person's skin color decide how much compassion you have. And you are absolutely right, Jay. That's exactly what that is. It is more compassion because of their skin color. Oh, my yeah, God. I, I mean, just had not thought about that. I just had well, not yeah, thought about right, it. But you know what, though? But, Vanessa, guess what? We talk about it all the time. Remember we were talking about, remember the show we had a few years back where all these, all these black women who are missing, and all you heard about was JonBenet Ramsey and, you know, Natalie Holloway yeah. and all. You know, so we talked yeah. about this. It, it's really no difference. It's like when our people are under distress, no one – listen, I'm not going to say no one. Nobody because cares. I know Congress is trying to do some things, but it's not like you're not seeing what you're seeing now with Ukraine. Okay, I mean, so it's full wall-to-wall, back-to-back. Back back 
nobody it's not, gives it's a 25. damn if it's one of us. It's what? Okay, that's 25 cents. That's 25 cents. Whatever. 50. Nobody okay. gives a damn what happens to black people. That's 50 cents. There you go. Remember, we can't leave it on the odd number, so you have two more cusses that you have to put in the cuss can. All right, so, Jerome, um, you know, but we talk about this all the time. It's just, you know, when you look at it, it's just, you know, we're looking at it from a different angle. You know, I talked about, we talked about the missing black women. I mean, at that time, I think it was over 255 black women that we didn't even know they were missing. I mean, but you hear about all these other different folks. But, you know, once again, I said it. Listen to this number. 800,000 people were killed in 10 days. Right. And what was, I don't remember wall-to-wall coverage. Now, I know that there was some secret stuff that the U.S. was doing. But it's almost, look at what's happening with Brittany Griner. It's like, well, we're doing some stuff behind the scenes. You know, so so when are we going to get some front page with this stuff? And listen, once again, not trying to take away what's going on because Putin needs to be, you know, he's a coward. But at the end of the day, man, come on. Yeah, so. Help me out with it's this, almost, Yeah, so to your point of the Brittany Griner stuff, it's like Brittany Spears got more more coverage to free her out of her conservatorship that Brittany Kreider would be uh, being in a foreign jail. Thank you. Right? Excellent point. And, and so, and if you remember, who was the, the woman who was held in, um, in Belize in the jail? You know, the white woman who was there and everybody lost their mind and had it on news all, all, every day that they were holding her. Um, I think someone got killed or kidnapped, but they were holding her like she had to go on trial in a foreign city or in a foreign country where she broke the law. I, I can't and, remember her name. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember, remember her, name. her name. But it's 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 the point that we make in media all the time, though, is that it is always skewed for the benefit of, uh, um, I'll just say it, for colonizers, right? It's the issue on how colonizing works, right? It makes them their issues and their concerns and their feelings are higher priority than anybody else's. And we keep seeing this stuff played out over and over again. So when you're watching the news, I again, I do news, but I keep saying, you know, when people would ask me, where are you getting all of these news stories? The issue is, is that I'm getting them off the same news feeds that your local news is ignoring. We get the same news feeds. So you say, hey, I'm like I'm making up stories. They're choosing the ones that move them emotionally and setting a stereotype. So if there's a sensational story, uh, you know, something that happened to black folks, it usually has to do with somebody robbed someone or somebody stole something or somebody's crying over something. But white folks will have a bunch of spelling bees and whatever, and they won't cover white folks' stories that they are doing things that will take them out of a certain light. So I'm not blaming all of them across the board, because we're programmed to look at television and look at these events in a certain way. So when we talk about something like Ukraine, we can't pretty much vilify too much um, what Putin does in in certain areas, because the United States has bombed hospitals in um, Iraq, and nobody really covered it. It's like, oh, y'all just bombed the hospital. And... And everybody will get upset at that and being like, that's a false equivalent and we want to hate that guy and blah, blah, blah. It is usually how we perceive what one person's action is opposed to another. 
So, you know, there's and a sovereign nation, nobody should go into a sovereign nation. Right? Nobody. But we stole Hawaii. Like flat out, they were sovereign and had embassies and we went to Hawaii and was like, Hey, you know what? This whatever missionary defense league thing, those white men that came in there kind of take Hawaii because Spain is here. And they literally took Hawaii. So the the issue is is that is this a is this a behavior pattern that we need to deal with? And and I know I've said this on the show before. I think yeah. Europeans need therapy. I think that they huh. need to understand how they're imposing their will on other people in that bloodlust for Huh? What did you say need therapy? I think white folks need therapy. <laughs> Seriously. I, no, Most of them therapy. <laughs> no, and if the reason is, Vanessa, is because just like you said, you can't even go out your house without um, your, the randomness of bumping into a white person having an attitude towards you about something that you knew nothing about and that they're carrying with them. It's that inherent belief that they are the top of pecking order. And when they find out that they're not, they will wig out and blow up buildings. Timothy McVeigh, in case you want to want an example, or do crazy stuff like the Unabomber. But that stuff does not come out of our community. So when someone starts to, you know, listen to the show and go in the chat and say, hey, everything's about race, we're not just talking about race. We're talking about the pathology of in our humanity. Why do we think like that? Why are we looking at the world this way? I'm just trying to help you out in that sense because technically it is not in us. So we can't keep keep pressing our spirituality on a bunch of folks who don't give a rat. That's why it always disturbs me when black people are saying we need to work together to make this world better. And I'm like, we are doing our part. <laughs> but if you have nobody cooperating with you, you are just blowing smoke. Right? We, huh. we have to understand that and take responsibility for our actions and putting faith in people who you know you shouldn't have faith in. So so it's just kind of how we all have to kind of deal with the reality of the world that we're living in. And people are rocking around here saying, you know, this is World War Three. It is not World War Three. If you any if you know anything about how world wars start, they don't start like this. Right? The issue is is that Ninety percent of the nations are against Russia, and the ten percent that are with him are not going to fight everybody else. Because when the war is over, who are they, who are they going to play with? That's not a smart thing from leadership standpoint, but from a religious standpoint, is to get your butt in church and to get a little bit more money because fear drives money in our economy. But the Republicans are always saying that that kind of stuff. Critical race theory is going to make your kids feel bad. Send me $25, right? We have, to count, we have to dissect this and bring it back to a way that is going to actually help us just um, breathe in situations like that and like this. But racism always been in the fiber, in the fabric of this country, and white folks get to have plausible deniability because other white folks won't validate that it even exists. If black people are the only people that say that we have discrimination and racism, then you can dismiss them. You can dismiss them as a group. Then you can elevate somebody like Oprah, and as long as Oprah doesn't mention it, pay her a lot of money, 
to um, bring Nate Burkus in and redesign your house. It can distract you all day. But we have to do that in our in those of us who are in leadership. We have to understand that. That is not something that we're imposing on you. But I'm here to make you think about that because with news is programming. Only see the same kind of news stories you'll say black people are creating to the downfall of this doggone world. Well, there's no black people fighting in that Russian-Ukraine situation. But there's damn sure black people being discriminated against telling them y'all need to stay and kicking them off trains, and there's a black woman that's in jail in Russia just as a political pawn. We know that that's true. So it's all a perspective, Jay, and we have to stay yeah. focused. You know, I agree with you, man. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the top of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowe Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio. At its best, uh, we're talking about <clears throat> uh, the fact that the coverage for Ukraine has dominated uh, all the networks, and the fact that when we had you know, and listen, and, and, and once again, I'm reading some comments here from somebody who just sent me something saying, oh, you know, they did cover Haiti. And listen, I'm not saying that they didn't cover parts of it. What I'm saying is I just don't remember the outcry. I don't remember. I remember watching that, that movie, uh, Hotel R- R- Rwanda. And, I mean, listen, I didn't even know what was going on. You know, I'll be the first one to tell you that there are things that 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 me personally I need to get up on. I need to stay up on. You know, and and, and by hosting this show for the past eight or nine years or however long it's been, you know, it's really pulled me into that arena where now, you know, I have to I have to start looking at this stuff. Um, and so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I tell people all the time. I'm not here, you know, like Jerome talked about. He says, look, I don't care about either party. I'm just, you know, I'm just speaking the truth. And my response has always been, look, I'm just here calling balls and strikes, you know, at the end of the day. So it's all about Vanessa. It's just about calling it for what it is. And I'm glad that you had that moment where you said, you know what, you're absolutely correct. You know, it reminded me of that scene, Vanessa, and I think you had that moment like the jury did in The Time to Kill. Remember when the lawyer told them to close their eyes and he described this little girl being just, you know, they threw frozen beer cans that are ripping the flesh off her skin. And then they, then they, they, they abuse her body where she cannot have life beyond her own. And then she said, a man, he said, close your eyes. He said, then he said, and imagine if she was white. And boy, that shook the whole thing up. But, but you know what? I and backtrack to Jerome one second. And I don't want to get into no conversation real long about this, Jerome, so please don't give me this very, real long explanation. Because then we'll we'll only have two minutes. We only have two minutes left okay. in the segment, so you don't have to worry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. What is, what is, okay, would you go out the country with some CBD stuff with you? Just yes or no? No fault? No Would you huh? go out the country with some CBD stuff with you? Um, I don't I don't do drugs, so I I don't have marijuana stuff on me anyway. I I wouldn't go okay. out of, I wouldn't go into anybody's country with anything illegal if I knew it was illegal. Just generally. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
I was just going back to what you were saying when you said that girl was a pawn. Yeah, she's going to be a pawn, but her dumb ass oh, she's going over there with that stepping up ass. Yeah. Okay, no, I'm but you know, she's but a what they're saying yeah. that she didn't even have any. So yeah, since no, that report coming out from people, we can't assume she because she's saying, that she's she smoking. She's saying that she didn't have, Jerome, she's saying that she didn't have any and then they put that in their bag. She's saying that. She it sounds like you don't believe it. Right. And so, not. Vanessa, again, now, why one thing is Too many kids think over here, baby, putting in brownies, making cookies. No, stop. Stop, no, Vanessa. I'm, no, you're imposing, you're imposing that on her upon what everybody else does. If, right now, okay. if you heard, listen to me, if you heard well, that I was flying on the airline. You could think of something other than CBD oil to put in stuff. CBD to put in somebody's bag. I mean, you can put some heroin, some coke. It's a whole bunch of stuff you can put in somebody's bag other than the most popular CBD that's going on up here. Okay, I'm not going to fight about what that girl did. She is no, no. going to be a pawn, but I do believe she's guilty. She shouldn't have had the shit with her. And, and that's oh, well, there it is. And that took it to $17. Thank you, Vanessa. Go ahead, Drone. You get the last word. Right, Vanessa, but that's problematic for you to assume that she's guilty and that she's not smart enough to not travel with any kind of drugs on her. But it's a lot of people that do. It's a lot of people that they came so up her. But Vanessa, you, you know, they even Vanessa, came you're out with the CBD Jerome, I saw it with my own eyes. I, I, I believe it. Vanessa, Vanessa, oh my goodness, they Vanessa, you started something that we can't finish. When it goes underground through TSA, then they come up to the get to the to the bridge and say, "Can we see such and such off the airplane?" That's the re- yes, they do do it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I just used okay. my face. I did a whole show on crime. Let me step out. Listen, let's step out okay. real quick. We're going to continue this on the other side because we we really don't have enough time. We'll come right back and we'll pick this up because we can juggle some things around. So we'll don't forget your thoughts, Jerome. Coming right back after. Yeah. Leave it to Vanessa to kick this off right before commercial break. Thank you, Vanessa. Oh, Jesus. I know, I know. All right, we'll be right back after this. Mariana Music Corner Part 1 is coming up next. Don't you go anywhere. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Beat them. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. A little bit rowdy. O-W-D-Y. Take time to be a dad One more today. Time. All those boys are much too much. Those boys.
Thomas competed on the men's team for three seasons before undergoing years of hormone therapy. But critics argue Thomas still has an unfair advantage. Nancy Hogshead Makar is a woman's rights attorney and former Olympic swimmer. Leah Thomas has been through puberty. So that's 10 years of having testosterone making broader shoulders and bigger lungs and strength. Hogshead Makar wrote a letter to UPenn last month signed by 16 athletes on the school swim team, saying, quote, Leah holds an unfair advantage over competition in the women's category, as evidenced by her rankings that have bounced from number 462 as a male to number one as a female. But another trans swimmer, Isaac Hennig of Yale, who recently competed against Thomas, argues otherwise. Trans athletes have always existed, we will continue to exist, and we deserve to play the game just as much as everyone else. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. What topic that I can't wait to talk about? But there's another topic that we need to continue a conversation on. It's twelve minutes after the hour, and thank you guys for listening. Okay, so um, we're gonna we're gonna adjust some things because I definitely want to have a conversation about this whole thing with this uh, this transgender. Uh, swimmer, but I want to finish this other conversation on the other side. You know, Vanessa and, and Jerome, go ahead and finish your thoughts because I know yeah. it's juicy. And then I need to okay. say what I have to say, then we want to move on. Go ahead, Jerome. Okay. So, I did a whole show on black-on-black crime, right? It was when black people overtly focused on black people in areas that they won't even consider white folks. And what happens, Vanessa, is that when Police officers pull a black person over. They go, I thought he had a gun because the black person two years ago had a gun, so I had a normal fear. What you're telling us is that because of her, she played basketball, black woman, you've seen it before, that somehow she could have possibly had marijuana. That is crazy. To not, like for us to actually project that on other people. Only black people do that to each other, right? I, I have a tendency to say, if she said she didn't do it, fine. Snoop was banned out of the U.K. because he had weed on him, and Snoop didn't even lie and say I didn't have it. They just got him up out of that, just banned him, just pretty much. Snoop um, also had a gun in the airport and nothing happened to him. That's fine because technically what happens is that whatever he had to go through to make that disappear, he did. We're not, so he admittedly had it, though. It wasn't like I went, I, we would come on here and be like, oh, Snoop didn't have it, right? But we don't talk about Paris Hilton having cocaine in Vegas. But OJ gets, what, three, four years for stopping somebody who stole his stuff in Vegas. Because, oh, you can't block a door of a white man who want to leave with your stolen stuff in Vegas. We keep going through this where we keep unjustly assuming black people are guilty and white folks are innocent. And that's all I'm saying. When you brought that up about her, when she said she didn't do it, we didn't say stuff like, well, let's let due process happen. You're saying she probably did. The prob- probability is that she did. And that is black-on-black crime. You cannot keep assuming that black people are automatically guilty based upon having no evidence and no information we're assuming that she's guilty of something. I tend to think the opposite because I know how easy it is as a black person to be accused of something that you didn't do. We've all been there. Yeah. And, and then we say, hey, how can you not treat me like everybody else? If, we are still, if we're making the same assumption that white people are making about us, 
then technically we're we're going to lose. Everything is lost for not in that case. Okay. Let me rephrase. Let me say what I have. Okay, in my opinion, I am old. In my opinion, in my opinion, they could have planted something else on her other than some oil. Yeah, but, they, but think what, about what, it. What, what oh, Russians read the news. I'm sorry, Jay. The, the Russians see the same news that we say. They do the same propaganda. So for them to plant something that will make us believe that she did it would not be hard. Right? So she you, had the price and everything just happened. Everything. Okay. See, I, that I, is that my opinion. I'm not going to argue. I do agree that it is a black-on-black crime. Somebody <laughs> can handcuff me. Because oh, I sure did oh. say it. In my opinion, I believe that she had something on her to make it seem like, yeah, she did have this marijuana or whatever. And there's a lot of people that have vaping stuff on them. And my, I mean, when it first came out, when it first came out, they'd be calling people up to the jet bridge on airplanes. Vanessa, come here, I need to talk to you for a minute. And then they come up to the jet bridge. I had a black and Wait, white. I had a cousin who was a We red. are really running over. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's my opinion. Oh, in my opinion, if you've already black disrupted black the crime, show. I'm Thank sorry. You. Okay. Go ahead. A, Shut up. Go ahead, Jerome. Who had a screwdriver on him, and he got arrested for having burglary tools. Work that out in your head. Yeah. Like you can, you know, yeah. like you can. Anything is accusatory towards black people. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to save my uh, comments for my final thoughts. There you go, because I have a lot to say, and I don't want to. We've already – no, you're good. I, I just want to – I, I will respond to what Vanessa said during my final thoughts, uh, but I agree with the majority I, – I agree with what Jerome said. I mean, you just can't do that. I mean, that's how black people get shot every day because we just kind of make these assumptions. But I'll make my comments at that time. All right, I want to talk about this particular topic. And, man, I want to try to fit it in here because this is something that I, I'm just curious. And, Vanessa, I'm going to, you know, since you're the disruptor this morning, let's just come straight to you on this one as well. Let me ask you something, and I think you and I are going to be on the same page with this. And I'm just playing, Vanessa. I don't want you to get, you know, thinking I'm picking on you. I love you, and I'm just playing with you. My question to you is this. This, this Tia Moore, I think that's no, it's not Tia Moore. What's this person's name? Tia somebody. Uh, Johnson uh, won this. Uh, so this person won an NCAA championship. Let me back up. Transgender athletes. Give me your general thoughts on transgender athletes. I wish Johnny D was here for this one. I really do. And Miss Elias, but that's okay. Vanessa, give me your thoughts on this. Then you should hold it to next week and then ask it when Les is here. No, no, I want to talk about it now. <laughs> you want to know my thoughts on it? Okay. Yeah. See, you want to just put me in a position. No, no, no. Look, look, let me ask you a question. Let me make it easier for you. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think transgender uh, females should be competing in female sports? No. No. What did you say? No. I agree with you. I agree with you. Would you like to elaborate on that? Yes, I will. Because. Thank you. 
though you might have different organs, you say you were born like this to make you be a female, there's still things about your body that are male that will make you outrun, outjump, outdo something possibly that a female. I just don't, like, I don't think that you're not fully surgically done. Transgender should be in a woman's rest, uh, restroom. So same thing. Well, uh, well, well we, yeah, we've had those conversations. Yeah, we've had those conversations too. But okay, but okay, yeah, look, I, let me let me oh, dig no, let me dig a little deeper. Nope, I don't think it's fair. Well, let me. Well, okay. Well, let me dig a little deeper. Let me give you two types because you have some transgender folks who just identify with the sex that they don't they don't identify with their uh, what is it called issued uh, sex. I forget the term that they use when you look at the, the definition of transgender. So they don't identify with with the sex that they were born with. That's what I'll say. But they won't go like you know Chris Bruce Jenner, for example. You know, he runs around, He's, you know, she's Caitlyn or whatever he calls himself. But, well, I know, I'm, I'm starting to look at these comments. Thank God we're not going to have time to read them because they're coming. Oh, man, I'm, I'm looking at this. Jerome, you, boy, I'm getting ate up, boy. I'm, I'm reading this stuff, man. Oh, my Lord. All right. So, so he never got it. Huh? L.E.S. isn't here, so you got to do it today. Yeah, okay, I got to take it, like, okay, yeah. I'll be the man today. Oh, man, they're coming, too. All right, so so, so he never got his, his plumbing changed. And so, <laughs> to me, he's Bruce Jenner. And when they say <laughs> Caitlin or whatever his name is, I call him a he, because he, he's a dude. Oh, look at this stuff here. It is, well, there was woo! a little girl recently <laughs> that was Lord crazy. Have mercy, Jesus. So those yes. of you who are sending messages... Before you think I'm just homophobic or whatever. I'm, I'm not going to read them. I'm not. I'm just not going to read them. My gay brother helped raise me, so don't come for me. I'm just telling you my opinion. So there was a little girl recently <laughs> that was raped in the bathroom because there was a transgender person in the bathroom, and that's who raped her. So unless all of your plumbing is changed, I don't believe that you should be and that other bathroom, because we can't tell if you are for real as a trans- transgender or if you're faking it so that you can rape little girls. Oh. That's my only Ooh, thought about that. Are you real Ooh, or are you faking uh, it? Uh, okay, I don't yeah. <laughs> don't get hey, don't, don't you wish you could I got talked about and teased oh. as a young girl, didn't even understand oh. gay. Didn't even understand mm. it. My brother was the leader of all of this. I don't even go. My brother used to dress in a wig and take me to the gay club just so I could see the doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs that were in there with other men and then would go home to their wives. He was teaching me at a young age. So don't come at Vanessa. Don't even attempt to come at me. Because, honey, I did this game back when I didn't even understand the word gay. Okay. But it is my opinion, it is my opinion that athletes should stay among what, there are sacrifices. If you decided you want to be a woman, God put you as a man, cool, change, do whatever you want to do. I don't care, I don't care who you're sleeping with. I do not. Just got off a cruise with two cousins, young lesbians. I don't care. 
but you gonna run like a man or you gonna jump like a man because you were still born a man. You just feel it on the inside with your organs and with your things and that kind of I don't wanna say it. But so that ain't got nothing to do with the other stuff that you do. So no, I don't think that they should be out there running against other women and I don't think that if you ain't had your junk change that you should be in a bathroom with a bunch of women and you still packing. No, I don't. Hey, I agree. Uh, Jerome, give me your thoughts on this, man. <laughs> well, I'm with you. I am, okay. So a new story that I was going to ignore today, is you know iPhone okay. just came out with, with, a, uh, with an update, Apple came out with an update that includes a gender-neutral theory and a pregnant man emoji. I saw that. I saw yeah. that. Okay. So I'm sure just by the way I set that up, you know where I'm going with this, that no, I yes, don't sir. believe – I, I don't I don't believe that 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 person should have competed with women because just like you can't take performance enhancing stuff, your testosterone you does. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you might as well let all that stuff go and let women take whatever go. they want to take. My man, right? And, yeah, and, yep. and and I They're and I agree too. Boy. I don't care what Bruce Jenner calls himself. Like, I'm not in his community. He can do what he wants around his people, but that's a guy. So I can't really mess with that. I think people yeah. are playing. I can't really mess with it. You do know, Jay, that your email is fixing to be set on fire, right? Oh, well, I'm, I, well, I'm, looking, well, I'm looking at all this. I'm not reading that. Well, just for the record, no. for all you people, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to read half of this mess I'm not reading. I'm going to read a few of them, but I'm not reading it. A lot of it I'm not going to read. But, right, again, but because, because to me this is just kind of sister role. Go ahead, man. Yeah, like we're we're not we're not talking about you individually. We're talking about how you're right. impacting somebody else, right? So right. you cannot just change those rules. If if a little girl has been swimming since she was, you know, ten years old and racing, she gets to college, and then they say, oh yeah, we're gonna add whatever. Like we're gonna change this so that, you know. Other folks with different body masses can race against you. I'm not sure if I think that that's fair. Now, that's I'm not saying you should have a trans body masses. That sounded really good like that. Well, I'm not <laughs> saying that you shouldn't have a transgender Olympics either. Right? I'm not saying a special Olympics, but that would be a little bit more fair. Do you put like yes. somebody who's special Olympics in special Olympics because they feel like you know? I have HDHD or something, right? Like you right. say, I want to go to Special Olympics and I can run over there. You don't do that. So there's a there's there's a really simple path here just to say that that doesn't seem reasonable. Now right. we're not judging you for being gay or trans. I don't even know what that stuff is, and I choose to not figure out what it is. But I am telling you, I don't discriminate against people for any particular reason. The issue is, is that we're talking fairness, and that's problematic. You know, girls played basketball with us in the park when they grew up. But I can tell you, as a guy, we didn't elbow them in the chest like we did another guy either. Right? When you're playing, we feel conscious about who we're playing with. So you can't just all out be like, hey, you know what? I know that um, if you choose to be on the court, I get to treat you fairly and equally like everybody else. No, I don't think you should treat women like that. So before you come at any of us and say, hey, you know, everybody should be treated equally, I don't believe that. 
I don't treat women like I, I do agree. guys. That is never going to happen. True. My man, you know, and, and look, here, here, here's my response. What he said. <laughs> there you go. I'll just. Hey, look here. Get all the bad emails. Yes. Coming up next is part two of Mariana Music's Music Corner. And we'll be back to say good morning to those who missed our earlier well wishes in the show. It's, it's the serious side three four seven eight We'll be right back after this. Don't you go anywhere. We have some fun now. <laughs> Whatever, Vanessa.
We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. All those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. is the serious side of the J. Riles Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. And I'm Jay Riles. Glad you guys are here. Hope you guys are enjoying the weather in your neck of the woods. And it's time to say hello to our cast and crew. What's up, Vanessa? Good morning. Good morning, Messy Vanessa. No, good morning, y'all. <laughs> 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 How you doing, Messy Vanessa? Good morning to you. Happy birthday. Good morning to you. My main man, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome, is freezing in the house. What's up, man? Good morning. How are you, sir? Morning. I'm good. And Vanessa is who I want to give this shout out to. Oh, I love it. Vanessa. <laughs> that's it. That, Vanessa. That's going to Vanessa. Vanessa. There you go. Uh-oh. That's good, Jerome. Uh-oh. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> Still has the morning off. He'll be back next week. Uh, of course, um, let me tell you something. I am reading comments, and they are coming in fast and furious. And let me announce this right now, because people are going to think I'm doing this on purpose. I promise you that I'm only going to take, like, the top two or three. So all the ones that came in after us, y'all are being pushed down. And listen, I have there's nothing I can do about it, too. So I want you don't think I'm, I'm not reading your comments. Because, there, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, there are more comments coming in that support what we are saying versus what the first folks who hit us, you know, when they came out. They came out strong and hard, but those comments are down. I'll see if I can retrieve them. But at the end of the day, you know, that's just the way it is. Let me say what's up to some folks in the chat room. I want to say what's we happening. Told easy. Us uh, what we said, Jay, for what we said. No, they're full. No, they no. Most of them are on our side. Yeah, some of them are pretty good too. But I'm saying they're coming in, and so it's like the newest to the. It's like the oldest to the newest. So, you know, the latest ones are going to push down the oldest ones. And let me be honest with you, we just we don't have time to read them all. So I'm only going to read three or four. So whatever the top three or four are on my list, those are the ones I'm going to read. So I don't want you guys to think that I'm cherry picking comments. That's how I always do it, okay? Just in case you think I'm, you know, trying not to let the other side be represented, okay? Okay. But I'll tell you what I will do. I'll try to find one that's coming through, and I'll pull it out so I can put it in an Excel spreadsheet somewhere so I can read it if I can find it, okay? That's my promise to you. All right, what's up to the folks in the chat room? Kavita Man is in the house as well. Uh, the pastor's in the place to be. Uh, Marianne the Music has, she was here, but she's gone. But good morning to her. Uh, a lot of people, and a lot of people checking us out. I want to say good morning to Dee Dee. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. And Curtis Smith, Frankie, the Cuss Can Monitor, Brian, all you guys, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us this morning. Once again, the number is 347 Let's keep this party moving. Jossie Smollett's incarceration ended in spectacular fashion last night. 
after just six days. His team of lawyers spoke out after Smollett's release. Put in a cage for a class four felony. Shane. I spoke to his lead attorney, Nene Uche, today. What was Justin's reaction when you told him he was going to be released? For the first time he got teary-eyed, he put his hands on the glass after an appeals court ordered his immediate release, Smollett was freed, surrounded by five men all in black. In one hand, he carried what looked like the white shirt he wore when his booking photo was taken. In the other hand, he held a notebook. The former star of TV's Empire was sentenced last week to 150 days for falsely claiming to police that he was the victim of a hate crime attack. The sentencing followed a tongue lashing by the judge. He'd been lying and lying and lying about this case. The judge also angrily denied a request that he be released pending his appeal. You'll spend the first 150 days of your sentence in the Cook County Jail. And that will start today, right here, right now. Smollett furiously protested his innocence as he was led away. I am not suicidal. I am not suicidal. And I am innocent. All right. So, uh, man, talking about uh, that Vanessa, now I'm with you on this dude here. So, just... So, so here's the deal with this whole situation. So he was sentenced to jail. My main man, Jesse Smollett, he was uh, sentenced to, I think, three months in prison or something like that, 110 days or whatever it came out to. But at the end of the day, you know, what do you guys think about this? I thought it was an interesting tidbit because when you look at, you know, what happened with this whole situation, and we actually followed this on the show. We actually had a few topics where we talked about this situation with this young man. Um Jerome, do you agree with the do you agree with the sentence the sentencing and do you agree that he was released from prison on yeah, bond? I think that, yeah, I I don't think he should have been in jail at all anyway. So that's usually how that goes when you're not a violent offender and you serve right. a fraction of what that time is. And so it was just mm-hmm. getting a little bit out of hand with the media coverage because technically People will make bomb threats and stuff, and they'll let them fools go home. But when it's black people, they like you to do the maximum amount of time that you can get. And I know, again, the whole black-on-black crime thing is that black people are going to be harsh on Smollett based upon whatever their perception is of this case. But I never believed that, you know, you know, white folks call police on black people all the time. Remember the, the, the woman who had the dog in the park or something? And she said the yeah, black yeah, man yeah. was right. So yeah, I remember and, that. Yeah. And he was like, "Don't press charges." Where she should have been. My name was pros- Karen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She should have been prosecuted for you know phoning in a false report. So even in Smollett's case, if it's a case of him filing a false police report, they don't give you you know a hundred and something days for that. They just don't. So even if well, they I gave him. I thought the guy right. in the park didn't press charges. That's what happened yeah. in that case. Yeah, so it does right. The the guys who right. The bird they, watcher. Right. So in the yeah. Smollett case they didn't press they, charges, Jay did not. 
He didn't. No, right. He didn't. It didn't press charges against Smollett either. It was the prosecutors who wanted to press charges. It was gone. This case was out of there. They wanted to press charges because he ran up so many man hours in a state. Yeah, that's what that was all about. Yeah. Oh, they're using that as an excuse. We we run up man hours finding little Katie as she fell in a doggone well. Don't do that. Everybody, see, there's a reason why you're going to prosecute the black guy because you use powers. They were they were investigating it anyway. You do anything, they're going to investigate. That's why you pay your taxes so that them fools are not sitting around drinking coffee and don't, eating donuts. You're going to use the man hours. You can't say that you want to take those man hours back. They were at work. Right? So if I work at McDonald's, I can't say because you had a bus trip that came there that, it had too many customers. I was supposed to be there anyway, whether we had no customers or thousands. So they well, let me ask you this. Let me ask, hours. Let, me ask let, let, me, let me ask you this, Jerome, and then Vanessa, I'd be curious to hear what you have to say about it as well. Do you think because of the fact, do you think the reason why so much attention was on this thing was because of the climate that, uh, that we were in? Because he said the guys had on red hats. He tried to tie to Trump. And so it was like, come on, man, we're already in a combustible situation. Why are you going to th- put this lie here to put, you know, try to get attention on you? Do you think that's the reason why they came after him, Jerome, like they did? Because it's like, you know, not, not only did you lie, but then you're going to sit here and try to bring the mega folks in it. And so you don't think that had anything to do with it? Yes, I think it had a lot to do with who he was as a celebrity and, and always slow race, roasting and creating example of black folks who were in high-profile spots. He was wrong for doing all that. Now, I didn't follow the case enough to see whether I could give him the benefit of the doubt of that. That's not my issue. The issue is is that they were coming at him, so he kept putting a little bit of sauce on top of it. Like he just kept adding on because they were coming at him so hard. So I don't know, but I I know this, that when you're black and and you have any kind of any kind of celebrity, your fall is going to be hard because you're going to get prosecuted because, again, that's how this system works. It focuses on a, a black person in prominence in the black community, and it will cut their butts down like nobody's business. It's why Marcus Garvey oh. got up out of here, and everybody pressed charges against black people for really menial stuff, where, again, if he was white, they would have just chalked that up and been like, he crazy. Let him go. Oh. What about you, Vanessa? I just I should have took a picture of my. Uh, Take a picture of yourself. Woo. Woo. Well, really? okay, okay, so <laughs> let me just put my eyebrows arched. You know what? This is what I don't like. I don't like that he kept saying that he didn't do all of this stuff, and he had a lot of proof that was against him. This is not a black on black drone. This is no different than if a white woman said the black man did it, and then they went looking for a black man that didn't exist because extra white Susan Smith. Susan Smith, right? But I will say this. I did not like the fact that his mama got involved in it and asked the district attorney to step in and get him off with some stuff. So that sister who got in trouble for trying to pull a favor for his mama she deserved everything that she got and probably should have gotten some more because you shouldn't do that if you're a district attorney. But I believe that it was the first offense. If they let him out because they said that he would have served his time anyway, then okay, so be it. 
shouldn't he pay a large hefty fine? Sure he should. Should mm-hmm. anybody else in radio and TV think he's crazy? Sure they should because he's crazy and he does need counseling. So to say he should get completely and walk away from this, I don't believe he should. And, Jerome, you better okay. give me a new butt, but that's okay. Because <laughs> black people are always on camera for whatever we do. A white woman can be stealing a roast, a ham, and a whole brisket under her dress. But if I look like I'm guilty of something, they're going to be following me. Now, this has happened to me and Bobby in Pelly Wall. People ran out the back door with everything. But they followed me and Bobby around the store. Right. Same thing with this. Same thing. They're watching him more. We know white people are watching us more. We This ain't no black on black. But we got to do better because we know they're watching us. They, we know we're not going to get a break. We know it. Just do better. Just do better because you know it. You know they're going to hang our asses out to dry. So hey. I'm just saying. Oh, well, there it is. I don't care 1725. Right. I don't right. care if they letting him out. But I am saying that that brother was guilty of some of that. And yes, Jerome, I followed this case because I thought it was so insane. Especially when I found out who his sisters and brothers were. When I found out how, that they were they were famous as children. Why are you playing this game? And then his right. sister was on the show last week that just came out. So I would say, they're going to just, they're going to his sister right there. I'm like, what? So yeah. I just saw his sister on the current show the other day. I'm just saying, then the mama <laughs> want to get in it. No, then the see, I can't. Get in it. And so, you know what? Just do better. Just be right. better. Oh, and if he out, can... he out, I don't care. White people didn't got away with stuff for a long time. All these white women who blame black men got away with it for a long time. But I am saying, y'all don't go out there and try to think that you can get away with it because he did. Because the next one won't. I I agree with everything you said beside her mama. Now, you're going to back up off his mama because she's supposed to do anything to help I, her child. That ain't right. But you know what? <laughs> don't, that ain't true. right. That is true. Okay. That is true. She should. But I'm saying all she did was make him look more guilty. And that stupid district attorney pulled strings because his mama did get involved. That's all I'm saying. Hey, I'm right, doing she... what I do as a mama. But I'm right. saying that the, she, the district attorney got in trouble trying to help the mama. The mom, she should have stayed out of it. The district attorney should have stayed out of it. And the mama should have said, your child innocent? Why are you going to get the DA in trouble to help you if your child is innocent? Right. Right, okay, yeah. And that's she what she got the, Yeah, she shouldn't got the Just mama. I mean, she shouldn't got anybody in trouble. Yes. I think we have to look out for well, our if people. He, if he ain't guilty, he ain't guilty. Why are you calling the DA? DA trying to pull strings so the boy don't go to jail and all of that. Why are you putting somebody else's career on the line for your innocent child if your child is innocent? Okay, and then why I, he want to go to a, a – then when he was in jail – they tried to put him in protective custody by putting him over there because they said that he has some mental issues. He might commit suicide. Hey, that boy ain't committing no suicide. And he said that. So he, yeah, he, he, was scared that. that he, he was scared that they was going to isolate him. <laughs> going to get Epstein, right. right? And so, right. but, so you need to but, worry about, right, first of all, right, but I'm just saying, first of all, he's gay and he's a high profile black person in jail. So now you're worried about how jail culture is going to react with him, and you know that they're not going to protect him. You know that, 
right? So well, it's I okay know because he walked away anyway. He walked away and went home. Well, I, w- I wouldn't but say all that. But don't try that, Jerome. Don't try that, because, baby, you ain't going to get to go home. Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, Vanessa. I'm saying like I do have a little bit of political connection, but I'm just telling you that okay, everybody well, then you're gonna everybody be as bad as his mama. Then you're gonna be as bad as his mama pulling somebody else into your stuff. Well, first of all, why do we put Shut people up, in Jerome, the- I don't wanna hear it. Goodbye next segment. Whatever to you. I'm just saying <laughs> why are you in that position if you can't help nobody? You you better call oh, me. And I don't care if you slap somebody or not. I am going to help you. Whatever to that. I'm not letting you go because I think you're guilty. Jay, I'm not calling you. <laughs> you better call me. Well, all right. Don't call me. Call him. All right. We're going to step out. Yeah. We'll be right back with our uh, final thoughts here soon. These people here have lost their minds this morning. Oh, well, yeah. That's Mr. Outstanding Show. That's his fault. It ain't our fault. You know, you want to party. Party like it's 1999, 347-850-1272. Listen, great topics all the way around. We're going to step out and take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll come back with an NPR news update. And then uh, Pastor Steve's uh, state your case. And I'm wondering, because we are up against it, are we going to have time even? I'm reading these comments. And, and folks, I promise you, I promise you, rub my right hand to the man, that uh, I will definitely try to read your comments, but I haven't found one yet that's in favor of whatever's happening on the other side. We'll be right back after this. Cooler weather has helped firefighters make some progress against those wildfires in Texas, but gusty winds are expected to return today and could whip up the flames again. The Dallas Morning News says the fires known as the Eastland Complex have destroyed 86 homes and much of the small town of Carbon. One person was killed and as many as 20 people were injured in a shooting in southeast Arkansas last night. It happened outside an annual car show raising money for a nonprofit youth organization. There were children among the injured. Police say one person is in custody, but more shooters may have been involved. The fundraiser, an annual event in a town about 90 miles south of Little Rock. A Nashville-based nonprofit is gathering supplies from around the region to send abroad to Ukrainian refugees. Paige Flager of member station WPLN reports. Thousands of buckets are piling up inside the Healing Hands International Warehouse south of downtown Nashville. Soap, toothbrushes, and other everyday necessities are packed tightly inside. These items are for people who were forced to flee their homes in Ukraine. Jana Owen of Healing Hands says many refugees are still on the move, which is why they chose these plastic pails. So the buckets are really useful in and of itself. It's waterproof. Um, you, you can carry it. They all have handles. You can sit on it. So far, they've collected more than 3,000. They'll be loaded onto a shipping container and sent to Poland, where they'll be handed out to Ukrainian refugees. For NPR News, I'm Paige Flager in Nashville. And I'm Joel Snyder. This is NPR News. Support for this podcast and the following message come from EVGO. Announcing Nissan Energy Perks by EVGO. Buy or lease a new 2022 Nissan Leaf and receive $250 EVGO charging credits while the offer lasts. Details at NissanEnergyPerks.com. All right, folks, it is time for uh, Pastor Steve State Your Case. Final thoughts from our world-famous 
chat room and from social media sites that we follow. And let me read a few for you. All right, Pastor Steve, of course, he says, peace and blessings, family. My goodness. Uh, ooh, I'm reading the wrong one. Oh, here it is. He says, my goodness, Mr. Elias missed a good one this morning. Great topics, family. He said, Miss Vanessa, I love you, but I have to agree with my brothers on this one. And I think he's referring to the uh, comments that were made about uh, – about uh, uh, Brittany Griner. All right, Easy uh, Easy Rider says, uh, "Where was the boarding boarding countries to Africa where Rwanda needed military aid? All networks dropped the ball on the coverage of the Rwanda massacre." I agree with that, Easy Frankie. Our test can monitor. And yes, Frankie, I know it's at seventeen twenty-five. He says, "LOL, JB, careful what you ask for, man." He says, "Man up, brother." He says, but for the record, I agree with you. And I think he's talking about the Leah Thomas uh, thing with the uh, female transgender athletes. Uh, Let's see. Curtis Smith from Georgia, he says the NAA, he says the NCAA lost all of its respect and most of its followers. To the women who worked and trained and competed their entire lives, congratulations. I'm horrified that your true honors were stripped from you. Just think, in 10 to 12 years, men will hold all the athletic records. Wow, here's one my lady by the name of Kim from Florida. She said, this is a disgrace. How disheartening this must be for the second-place winner, the true victor. I believe in equality, but this is a testament to how we have become so in-depth in determining the proper way to go about inclusion. She was born a male, and regardless of how many hormone treatments she has had, her skeletal systems and muscles are still far stronger than a woman's. As an athlete, I would be enraged. Fogo, my continued participation on that team and transfer to a school which can see more clearly her with means nothing as, let's see, what did it say? Her, okay, her W means nothing as she is undeserving uh, given the massive edge that she has. Oh, my God. Jerome, I'm sorry, Jermaine from NYC says, Jesse Smollett is no Marcus Garvey, sir. All right, there it is. Well, we can't read them all because we're running out of time. All right. Oh. Woo, a lot of comments. Uh, we want to respond real quick, Jerome. He's, he's he said he's not a market. He said he is no Marcus Garvey, sir. Actually, yeah. no doubt. I'm not. I'm not even remote saying that that dude is. I'm saying I don't know jack about his case enough. But I was just making a comparison, stardom or or having some kind of presence as a black person in the black community that you are going to get shot down. It wasn't a comparison, okay. Marcus Garvey, because there's nobody to compare to Marcus Garvey. Nobody. Bam. And on that note, online radio at its best. Ooh, what a show! What a show! What a show! What a show! All right, it is time for our final thoughts, and ladies are first around here as always. Hi, Miss Vanessa of the Messa of the Messy, whatever you call her. Final thoughts. <laughs> messy, messy, Me- messy, Nessa. Okay, so you know what? This has been an awesome awesome debatable show Les I miss you and that's okay my brother because me and you always go different on something throughout the day but I know you love me so you know what y'all just continue to pray for the country no matter who it is at this point and what color they are that's over there being mistreated I thoroughly feel sorry for the women that's over there just trying to take care of the babies and the children all the time it's just, 
I'm just in deep prayer about all of this because it's just awful. So all I can say is it is beautiful here in Texas. I'm on my way to church, and when I get back, I'm just going to sit out and chill and talk to the Lord some more when I get home. I love you, Jerome. I love you, Jay. Y'all have an awesome week. And uh, Jay, hug your mom for me. I would definitely do that. Thank you for saying that, Vanessa. Thank you so much. You just don't know uh, how, how uh, you know how that means, uh, what that means to me to hear you say that. Thank you so much. All right, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree, man. Final thoughts, man. Yes. First, I want to give a shout out to Mariana Music. I know she don't probably like the conversation that was going on. Hopefully, she didn't leave because of that, <laughs> and uh, you know, didn't leave the show early because of that. But shout out to her, and glad that she's doing good. I also want to shout out my girl, Delenn, from um, designerdestinationsandevents.com, by the way, who sent me the um, woman's name. It's Jasmine Harkin, who's the, social, the British socialite in Belize. Who ah, yes, me. yes, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And on that one. Yeah. Because, again, yeah. sometimes we'll throw that out and the audience is like, um, I don't remember that happening. Go look it up. Because it did happen. That being said, shout out to my yeah. brother LES, and I'll see him again next week. And um, there you have it. Everybody have a good week. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. My final thoughts are going to be, as I promised, I will respond to what Vanessa said. I think, listen, at the end of the day, we have to be careful when we start stereotyping folks. Now, listen, I understand where Vanessa was going as far as saying, look, Self-preservation is the key, and I've always said this, even in some of the debates we've had, when we talked about African-Americans being pulled over by police and being shot and in some cases, I said, listen, you know, you have to take care of numero uno first. There are situations where, you know, quite frankly, I would not do. Cops pull me over, I'm not running. But listen, I understand those who do. I'm just telling you from my perspective. And if she had this on her, then you know what? She should have never put herself in that situation in the first place. But at the end of the day, to sit here and assume that she had it on her, I think it's the wrong way to look at it. The bottom line is, I know she's scared. I know she's in a situation because now, all of a sudden, Russia is acting a fool and a monkey on the world stage. And I know she has to be scared. So I'm praying for her. I'm praying for her family. And I hope at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, that she didn't have this stuff on her. Uh, But, you know, the bottom line is, You have to be careful because that's the same approach police take when it comes to things that are happening with folks like us. Well, he probably did something wrong anyway. Let's shoot him. We just can't. We have to be careful, careful, careful when we start looking at things from that perspective. And on that note, don't do for the Vanessa. If it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my big sis? It's time for me to be managed. It is time for the J. Brown Show. Oh, okay, so for Vanessa, for Jerome, for Mr. L.E.S., I'm J. Rao. Say have a wonderful work week. Vanessa goes, it's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Not the J. Rao Show. That show is in a hiatus. It's been gone I'm so sorry. for a long I'm time. I'm parking lot trying to get out the car. I apologize. <laughs> Give me another okay, time. Okay, well, that's okay. She said goodbye. Well, thank you, Vanessa. And goodbye to you, too. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me what you want me to do. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. 
time for. All the need to know basically with my main man, Mr. Jerome is free. Jerome, man, what you got on the docket this morning, my brother? Uh, I think you didn't see my note. I'm going to give an abbreviated um, show today because LES is gone. Oh, because LES is not here? Oh, really? Okay. All right. Oh, no problem. No, no. I, no, no. I was trying to free you up. Now, if you good, No, no, good. man. I'm here. You good? Okay. All right, cool. That, well, that's no, you can better. do an abbreviated show. Don't do a abbreviated show on my, on my account. I'm here, bro. I'm ready. Well, you know, last last week you had to cut out, and so I keep remembering. I, I know. I'm here, bro. Okay, I'm cool, here, dog. Cool. I'm here, man. Let's do it. I'm All right. Here. So, even though, although Elias is not here to back me up on this, don't think I forgot about your um, Movies for the Culture segment. So, <laughs> we didn't do that last week. And I, I thought I'd update it. You know, the funny thing is, while I'm talking, you know what's on TV right now? On TV One? What's on, what's on TV One? The Last Dragon. <laughs> oh, Leroy. man. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I told you I don't. I can't watch that, and you know why? I've already said it. I can't watch it. Hey, you know why? Why? I don't remember. Uh, why? Because of because of his wife. Bruce Leroy's wife. Oh uh, wait, uh, hold up! Isn't that uh, Isaac Kennedy? No, stop it, last Uh-oh. dragon. Um, oh, I just I, look here. I just failed dude. already. <laughs> I don't see. God dang it. <laughs> wow. That was fast. That was fast. <laughs> wow. Oh, Dude, man. What about penitentiary? Damn. Damn. Man, we're talking about, okay. Damn. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon with Vanity. Damn. Come on now. Damn. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> I would have Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Elias would have said, move your pizza to Daddy Green's pizza. That is it. That's oh, right. man. Wow. I just cannot believe that. I can't believe that just happened to me just like that. That fast. I'm, I'm shocked. Wow. You know what? Hey, I just proved your point. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome said he'll do on his show is every week they'll try to throw 
a movie at me and say, okay, in order for me to get my black card back, I need to watch this yeah. movie. Now, it, ha- it hasn't gone because, you know, I was doing my thing for a minute. But I have to admit, they got me today. They got me today. They got me today. Right. We're going to have a list of black movies for the culture, <laughs> for people to understand the culture. <laughs> drop movies, which ways up, the back, truck turner, you know, low down dirty, fucking the preacher. We're going to have movies that it can redeem his, um, and this ain't this ain't nineteen uh, this ain't nineteen seventy where you can get a sixty five to pass. We're gonna require that you get like a ninety. <laughs> so you don't have to have ninety. Hey, get those sixty five. This ain't half passing. Mm-hmm. Something that was gonna get you some uh, a little too many emails, but I was gonna say half passing, but thereby we go through that. <laughs> <laughs> Accept them all too. Yes, yes, yes. The funny thing is, we get to have fun because we're getting cussed out on the show before. <laughs> like from all the stuff. That we... <laughs> oh yeah, that was crazy, man. I can't yeah, even read that. Yeah, we yeah. let's laugh. Oh my god! Wow. <laughs> for at least for a second. So this week, yeah. it, it, unconfirmed Black History. If this is your first time listening. Mm-hmm. Black history facts that are unconfirmed. My research department reached out <laughs> and um, figured out where these terms or sayings or <laughs> in the black community. It's kind of like knowing what black movie culture is. This is unconfirmed black yes. history. So if you don't know, yes. please please don't ask your black friend because they are not going to tell you. <laughs> All right. So in the late 1980s, um, Little Bernice Talley was the little girl's name. Nisi is what they call her. She was a country girl who enjoyed gossip and games for entertainment. She moved to the big city of Camden, New Jersey, coming from the south, going to New Jersey. Uh She had a difficult time adjusting to her new school and her neighborhood, so every morning she would tell her mother a story about something that happened in school and why she didn't want to go to school. So one day, father took her to school, but she started with that routine. Daddy, let me tell you what happened. And he stopped her. Her father, Ben, interrupted her and made history when he said, save that drama for your mama. That, my friend. You ain't see it coming? <laughs> no, I didn't see that one coming, man. That, that's, that's a good one. I always wondered where that came from. So there it is. You found out today. Say that yep. drama for your mama. <laughs> mama I know they picked it up on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> little girl. Oh, man. A little busy on the morning of school. All right. So on that note. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> so. All right, so our first news story. See, it took us a while to get into to news. Um, wildfires in the U.S. are larger and more frequent and widespread than they were 20 years ago due to climate change, according to a new study. And according to the work by the University of Colorado at Boulder, 
or Colorado Boulder is what they call themselves. On average, U.S. wildfires have become four times larger and three times more frequent in 2000, after 2000. So, yeah, we're getting wildfires. Yep. And, you know, pollen season, they said, can come 40 days earlier and be 250 times more intense in the future due to climate change. Um, is what another study said. So as well as happening sooner, team from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor said that pollen will be 250% more intense than the day. That's very oh, disappointing. Wow. Allergies. I have cases. That is. That's, that's, that's crazy. Hey, that's crazy. By the way, shout out to my girl, Delenn, again, because I just sent her some nettle leaf tea. It helps you with hay fever because I have allergies, and I know Georgia... I know this time of year, when they start getting their pollen, boy, you have to wash your car. I'm, is it like that in Texas? I don't remember being, my allergies don't act up in Texas. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, it is because it's that, type of, it's that time of the year where, you know, we get that green stuff on the cars. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's what it is, pollen. Yep. Is it around mm-hmm. this time? I think I Yep. It's, start, yeah, well, it's getting ready to start right now. I was going to say, because I'm normally not in Texas until like July or September. I don't think around the time of year. Yeah, so I miss the high um, allergy season, but yeah, it's going to be bad. Um, So, you know, one of America's, what they're calling most important reservoirs is Lake Powell. You know, it's um, in in Vegas, like right outside of Vegas. And... um, it's the Hoover Dam, if you don't know where Lake Proud was created. They said it's just at a quarter capacity, a quarter of what it normally is, what Lake Powell. So they fear droughts and power cuts wow. for more than a million who rely on the Grant, the Glen Canyon Dam, is what it's called. So it's at the border of Utah and Arizona. So Lake Powell is a part of the system that supplies Quarter for 40 million people in Midwestern states, and it's at a quarter capacity. Dude, they better hope for rain and snow, because you know that snow comes from the yeah. from the mountain. Yeah, yeah, the, wow, right. that's crazy. Climate change is real. It's real. Yeah, yeah. I know we we fight that, and I know every time we do the show and we talk about it, I put it in the beginning of the show because we act like it don't exist until. You know, you know, you know what Republicans used to do. They'll be like, "It's hot outside. It's cold outside, so it can't be climate change." You're talking <laughs> educated. Don't know the difference to what climate change is. Well, I'm sorry, yeah. they don't know what critical race theory is either. So that's a whole other story. There All you right. go. Wait. Matter of fact, um, uh, there was something from the the show that I wanted to address, and I already forgot it, but it'll it'll hit me, and it probably has something to do with something Vanessa said. But anywho, we'll get back to that. Now, black Americans are leaving city centers and moving to the suburbs, drawn by affordable housing, lower crime, and more amenities as a part of a trend that they said has been accelerating since for decades. Now, this is according to the 2020 census. Now, I don't know if you were here, but the census also report that black people were undercounted. I know, clutch your pearls. Black people were uncounted by Trump's census counters, too. So 23 of the 
of the biggest cities in the U.S. lost black residents in 2020 count, and only 13 cities. Oh, wow. Yeah, only 13 lost residents in the 2000 census, census but, um, you know, 23, you know, of the biggest lost this year or last year. Yeah. So, of course. 100, what'd you say? I said, of course, and you know what that means, right? That means that we're going to lose. I mean, think about it. When they start doing these types of things, at the end of the day, we lose seats in government in the whole nine yards, right? No representation. Yeah, we, we, talk, we talk about government and why people go to war, right? It is personally because mm-hmm. they're cheating, <laughs> right? And we're like, exactly. why, why are they doing that? And people overlook it. This is not a big news story. But for us, we're letting you know, here's why we're saying what we're saying. Because we are giving you some news that it should have been in regular news that you should have saw this week and didn't see. So they said that the 100 biggest cities, more than half or 54% of black residents live in the suburbs in 2020. And that's up from 43% in 2000. In Chicago, uh, a city long known for, you know, its cultural and economic influence of black people, the percentage of black residents went from 40% in 1989, less than 30% in 2020. And I believe... Oh, really? A, wow. But oh, I believe a part wow. of counting. Remember the Trump administration stopped them from counting. They stopped early. By about That's a couple true. They weeks. did. They did. You're right. You're right about that. Absolutely. Right? So they did that, blamed some of it on the pandemic, blamed some of it on the fact that it's hard to get people in the city they didn't want to count black folks in the city so our numbers are reflected here like black people have declined in population where black people didn't decline in population they stopped counting you so anyway you know we don't know who's going to get around to telling this story at some point but um apparently census is on it and they are actually seeing what they can do to they're giving cities the opportunity to revise their numbers so you can't recount the census for example but you can revise your numbers they figured they they made mistakes so the census the biden administration is allowing them to calculate numbers isn't that the same thing (laughs) isn't that the same thing i mean okay yeah okay revise your numbers okay you have to recount your numbers to revise them right Right, because, you know, if you miss a deadline, and so say you had, you know, 10,000 people who were outstanding that you didn't count, and you missed a deadline, they're saying, we're going to revise it and tell us as the real number that you had as of that day, and we'll add them. But they're saying you can't go back and resurvey everybody. So the Trump administration just cut them short and was like, okay, we don't want no more. Even if your numbers were updated, they didn't want them after a certain date. And the Biden administration said, nope, if they were there in 2020 and you had those numbers, you need to submit them. So they're revising the numbers and not recounting. And I'm glad you said that, though, because people would normally think that. They would think, oh, that's just cheating. You're just going back and recounting. No, they're, they're allowing you to revise your numbers if the numbers that you had are incorrect. So if the Trump administration intentionally counted, miscounted your numbers and put them in the system wrong, you can actually Mm -hmm. send a vision to those numbers. 
Yeah, but you know what? It's, it's almost it's it's almost like those unemployment numbers, right? It's like, oh, well, they see, well, the job gains they miscalculated. It's like, well, my goodness. But the bad news is already out there. So, oh, wait a minute. We underestimated about 200,000 uh, jobs. Really? But, so you they know, revise, the news cycle is gone. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, next month. Because, because the, the unemployment rate and those job numbers are estimates based upon what, you know, ADP and the payroll companies give them and the federal job. Then they combine them and they give an estimate. So every month they revise it because the real numbers that came in on the fifth of the month that that they thought they had for the end of the month was actually wrong. We got, you know, 25,000 more people or 25,000 less than we thought we were going to have. So they revise those numbers all the time. It's almost like the stock market or looking at gas prices. The gas the gas situation if you um for those who listened to the the early part of the first show the, that's a lie, okay, that official line that says, you know, U.S. gas um, companies can't ramp up that fast. The truth is that if they hear bad news, they will up your gas prices. But if they're pumping um, 20,000 barrels or 20 million barrels less than they did the same time last year, how come your gas prices were lower last year? That should, that should really be math 101, right? We are not at no gas shortage. Exactly. exactly. We are not using extremely more gas than they did. They're saying their volume of the gas that they were using is still down from last year. But why is our gas really? dollars piling higher? Wow. Right. Because you know of oil. Did that, man, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's oil speculation. And the reason why it didn't go up so much during the Obama administration, because the attorney general at the time, Eric Holder, said that if we find that you guys are artificially hiking gas prices, we're going to prosecute you. During Trump right. time, they didn't crash. So anytime the oil companies, and what's up with their patriotism too, right? They don't have to always gouge their profits. So if we're in a crisis or at war, why does gas companies get to just hike their prices and not say, hey, you know what? Instead of making like $50 billion this year, we're only going to make $40 billion. What is up with people picketing them saying you're a part of the problem? You're gouging. Yeah. That always, always happens, man. You know, it's, it's always it's amazing, man, the human, the human spirit, right? In the, in, the, in the times of need. When people need things, these folks are just trying to find ways to line their pocket. This is this is despicable, man. Yes, yes. You would not believe how many people get rich while everybody else is poor. But when you when you talk about the depression, if you go back to the depression era, think about the companies who got rich. Government had to print money to give you free food, right? But the companies didn't give you that food for free. They made millions. The Rockefellers and the Carnegies and all. They didn't give a rat. The oil barons. It's like the Coke industries right now. They will not stop refining oil in Russia because that's how they made all of their money. The Coke brothers made money. They have oil refineries and helped them refine the oil in Russia. The Rockefeller Foundation I, also. I, I did not know that. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. 
the Rockefeller Foundation is um, doing World War One and Two. Um, they commissioned a study to do um, a definitive history of world wars. But what they did is every textbook in this country, whether it's you know elementary, junior high, high school, and college, are using information based upon the definitive history created by the Rockefeller Foundation. And the reason the Rockefeller Foundation did that is because the Rockefellers, who own Standard Oil, who, who is Mobile Oil in um, Exxon now, they were supplying oil to the Germans. So we're fighting them, and their Standard Oil subsidiary was the only company that actually had refined oil that worked in German tanks and German airplanes. So the Rockefellers were making a mint during the war. George W. Bush's father, or grandfather, was um, at a bank in New York City that they were holding all the cash for the Germans in, a lot of money from the Germans. You know, Siemens were using the railroad cars to transfer um, Jews in the Holocaust. Siemens company, the U.S. company, was doing that. IBM wow. made the punch cards. Wow. Yeah, IBM made the wow. punch cards when checking people in. So, mm. U.S. companies make money off of war. And um, wow. we wipe that out. Again, don't, you can send your letters to Jay on this one, because technically, if you just Google it or do some research on your own, you'll find more companies than you can ever imagine made money from that. Now, and it is almost like us talking about the, the companies that made money from slavery as well, right? So we're going to talk about Bank of America. They bought a company that actually insured slaves or Tiffany's and all of those, like all of those companies made money off of slavery. So, and, and Georgetown University, right? Same thing. They owned slaves, so they built a lot of those buildings using slave labor. Sure it right. is. I know that. I know that for a fact. Yep. Now, um, DHS um, on um, on Friday reversed the Trump era expansion um, of expedited removal, um, where some illegal immigrants um, can be rapidly deported without a, a appearance from a judge. So they did this quietly. I'm bl- I'm kind of blowing them out of water for this, but with all the war stuff going on. They did reverse that Trump era expansion. So now Republicans are fear, like, since they have to have a hearing now, more illegal aliens are going to come into this country because they get a hearing. But anyway, they reversed that rapid deportation stuff. Just in case you were wondering. All right, now, Russian, a Russian oligarch charged with making illegal campaign contributions to, um, through Rudy Giuliani um, his associate Lev, um, I guess it's um, Parmas and or Fruman. I don't know if you heard those names before, Jay. But they were big during the Mueller investigation because they were the people who were filtering money to the Trump people, the Russians. So a Russian oligarch linked to those men was accused of making illegal donations to fund and back Donald Trump, a secretly charged with conspiracy. And, um, last year, um, prosecutors just revealed this on Monday week that they actually charged them. They're making I, some progress on some of this stuff too, man. You know, it's it's kind of under the radar, but they are making some progress in ways against this Trump, this Trump administration. Yeah, but 
but the problem with that is that if the Trump administration did stuff loud and bold, and what happens is that you have a lot of people following Trump who believe he didn't break any laws. And, you know, you still have nuts in Congress back in Russia while they're taking Ukraine, Ukraine or took um, Crimea. They're still backing them. And so we need to understand why there's so many people in um, white supremacists and all that who love Russia. There's a reason. And for Russia's point, Russia, um, Russian news at some point was very good at highlighting police brutality against black people because their issue was they wanted to sow chaos. But it wasn't like that what they were saying was not true. They were telling us, hey, we're magnifying the fact that y'all getting beat down. So it's always complicated when it really comes down to it. When you talk about um, black people being oppressed and white supremacy, like, and how that ties into public policy is very difficult. Because even during World War One and Two, the black soldiers were treated worse than the prisoners that they caught from Germany. And that was always a question. It's like, why yep. are fighting us right. treat black people worse than they're treating the prisoners? White supremacy. Oh, you're right about that, man. Yes. No, no, you're, you're right about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So Ukraine, um, you know, they, they have um, foreign, uh, if nobody ever knew what a foreign legion was, and I don't think I ever really knew what a foreign legion was, but Ukraine has a bunch of foreign fighters. Um, so they have a foreign legion. So you have a bunch of Americans who ran over to help the Ukrainians, right? Ukrainians. So the Ukraine foreign fighters are ridiculing an American boogaloo boy, like the um, the, the right-wing white supremacist guy who came over there. They said he ran away when he realized he'd actually have to fight Russians in Kiev. <laughs> so there, <laughs> that dude was saying his name was um, um, Henry Offett. He's 28. Um, he was among thousands of foreign uh, foreigners to answer Ukraine's president um, call for help, right, against the invasion. So um, they said it was a reported 3,000 citizens. We're talking ex-military people probably who lived abroad or missionary people who, who went to fight. Now, that tells you something about the mentality of people who love war. They just went there because they knew it was a war going on. And so they said um, this guy, Hoff, who also go by the name of Henry Locke, now, he has a bunch of different aliases, but anyway, he's 28, a former U.S. Army infantryman um, with associations hmm. with the, the far right, that Boogaloo boy, the white supremacist group. And according to other yeah. foreign fighters, the American attempted to join the Georgian National Legion, um, a unit of their foreign fighting um, against um, Russia, but he was rejected. Right. They said he didn't meet the necessary requirements. They also disputed claims that he made about illegally being t- attacked. Like he said he was on their base and they were trying to stop him. Now he's coming back here selling us a story, probably going to ri- write a book and be on Fox News. And the foreign people are saying, oh, yeah. this, this fool ran. A, They're blowing him out of water saying he ran. <laughs> Coward. 
Now, this came after he released a video speaking on camera about his experience of trying to escape the country um, on social media last week. And he said that he admitted that um, he and two other people fled in the ambulance. So they got scared and jumped in the ambulance and got up out of there. They supposed to be four and five. Well, that's a weak mess right there, man. That's a weak mess hey. right there. Wow. That, that's all I want to say. Some of them are cowards. So, like we said about, what's that guy's name who shot up those people? His mama dropped them off with a with a assault rifle. <laughs> Yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yes. I love the memes that say that his mama should have dropped him off in Ukraine. <laughs> like, can she give him a ride? Because, again, people want want mess. So if you want to go, go to war, go to war over there. Now, a former KKK... Well, they, they won't. They now, won't, Jerome, because they're cowards. They want the cowards. You know what? And that's what we find most of the time happen when... You see people protesting and yelling at people who are really protesting. They want to fight the people who are there for peace, but they don't want to fight people who want to fight. Fight the people who yeah, want to fight. Unarmed, unarmed people, too. They want to fight unarmed people. Come on, man. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. You'll fight an unarmed person, but a person that, that, that want to fight you back, you want to sit there and act like, um, yeah, you know, um, something else, my leg hurts. You want to pull that... That bone bone spur. Who was the person who said they had bone spur? <laughs> uh, Rush Limbaugh, uh, 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 Donald, Trump. Donald Trump. Just take your picks, all of them. Didn't Judge George W. Bush out for that too? Didn't he say he had yeah, bone George, spur? Yeah, George W. Bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. George W. Bush. Yeah, he did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> see, see, I didn't know how rich people was getting out of stuff, but bone spurs, people. Next time you go to McDonald's and you don't have your spurs. <laughs> we're going to use that for everything. You know, when Vanessa go off and um, people get bad letters, just tell them Vanessa had bone spurs. <laughs> just anything. You can use it as an overall excuse. <laughs> uh, she got bone spurs. Leave it alone. All right. So former KKK leader who was once jailed for beating a black man, announced that he's running for commissioner of Georgia's, of a Georgia county. Uh, the GOP candidate said that he reform, he's reformed with the help of a black preacher, oh, I know you're going to go up on this one, in 2020, and now he's a white civil rights activist. This guy, Chester Dale, 61, a former Ku Klux Klan leader, now serving <laughs> Hey! How do you become a white civil rights activist and not be a Klansman? How does that work? He, he wants to, he wants I, to I, join. I, I can't answer that question, man. I can't answer that question. Hey, wow. I thought you were supposed wow. to be here, Jay. I, I can't help you with that one, bro. So let me tell you something. Well, let me say this, that if he has changed, you know, quote, unquote, then so be it. But come on, man. I mean, stop it with this nonsense. We just got to okay. be smarter than this, right? Okay, now I'm no, I'm my name is not Webster. I'm not a dictionary kind of person, right? But I don't know the difference between reformed and changed. But he didn't say he changed; he said he was reformed. I don't know what he reformed into. Oh, okay, but interesting. That's a good point. Yeah, we say he changed though. He's reformed. He now thinks white people need civil rights, so he's a white civil rights activist. I don't know what that means because 
white folks have never had so wait, wait, wait a minute, Jerome. Wait a minute. Are you? Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you were saying he was a white civil rights activist because he oh, was a white no. guy. You're no, saying sir. that he's a white? Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, man. You oh, can't make this stuff up, man. Are you serious? Wow. The white civil rights activist. He's white as a white civil rights activist. <laughs> he's trying to fight for white people. Oh, right. my Lord. Wow. This, this guy's running as a Republican for the Board of Commissions in Georgia, Commissioners in Georgia. I don't know what area he's in. And don't you love the way they said, I met with a black preacher? Black people are not held high well, that, by well, black well, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's what they always do. You know, I have black friends and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 whatever. I think Trump showed us a way on how you can have black pre- preachers uh, in your corner and not be down for black people. I don't think we're... Who's I don't the, know why they think who's the black preacher. Who was the black preacher in that trust corner? No, remember he had the sheriff. No, he had no. that crazy sheriff. I don't remember a black preacher. Okay. Oh, you know what? I'm lying. Yes, I do. I remember. Yes, I do. My bad. I do. You're right. I remember him. You're absolutely correct. Remember that? Yep. Yep. You're right. I remember. You're right. Hey, you can you can always find somebody. That you can pay off. That's gonna be your friend. I'm just gonna put that out there. Yeah. I'm. That, hey, I'll end it by saying that somebody will always be your friend if you have enough money. Apparently. So, oh, you know, daytime talk show host Maury Povich, the Maury Show, has been canceled by NBC Universal after more than 30 years. I thought it was hey. already canceled. <laughs> I thought you were you still over there. Wow. Okay. I, Newsflash. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought so, too. I don't know why he was still on the air, but I didn't watch it when he... Well, I do remember Maury. Maury came in, like, around Oprah time, right? Yeah, he was, um, yeah, he was right before... Because, remember, it used to be a current affairs. He was on that, and then I think he yeah. did his own thing. That was right before the whole Jerry Springer thing kicked, kicked exactly. off, you know? Maury was the predecessor of Jerry Springer. Absolutely. Because he kept pushing it, right? We're going to surprise you. That is not the baby's mama. Like, you know, like like he was he was right on that before Jerry had them yep. throwing chairs yep. together. But, but <laughs> yep. like, people like Sally Jesse Raphael and Ricky Lakenham was all in that Maury pool. Oh, that's Maury. a name from the past. Yeah. That's a name from the past. A couple of names. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's not my age that's doing that. I, I read a lot. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm just joking. <laughs> All right. <laughs> don't, don't let that fool you. Just uh, uh, come back. Come back. I, I heard the name. You know, it's funny. We won't even remember. <laughs> Nobody remembers those shows because they didn't have any kind of lasting impact. They were just mess. So when you think of something like Ricky Lake, that was a knockoff of a Jerry Springer, right? But she, she yep, was successful. Yep, yep. I, I don't know how they did it. Nobody's going back to Phil Donahue style no more after Oprah blew him out. About Martel Williams. Martel Williams was out there for a long time, oh. too. Remember Phil Donahue? Didn't he start it all? Phil Donahue? Or was it? Phil Donahue was first. I think Oprah came second. Donahue was first. <laughs> no, no. Donahue was first, and Oprah was trying to be Donahue. Right? So the early Oprah right, show. Right, right, right. 
Remember when Oprah went into that white town that didn't like black people? Remember that show? I do remember that. I do remember that show. Yep, I do remember that show. Yeah, the audience was crazy. They was like, we just don't want you here. (laughs) It was like crazy. Then they started changing that to ratchetness. Right? They were like, hey, if you're going to show us in our craziness, we need to show craziness on your side. So then Jerry Springer and them came along and gave us ratchet. People twerking just just to say that uh, they, they still show it off. So anyway, sorry to, to digress into our um, our new culture of reality TV, but that's where it all started. My bad. Maury, my bad. My bad. It's my bad. No, no. I was just saying Maury Povich kicked that off. So he's off the air, but he, he started... He started us down that rabbit hole that we apparently are still in, because that's still a thing. Now, a judge ruled in Kentucky that Kentucky, Kentucky clerk who refused to issue a marriage license to a same-sex to a same-sex couple in 2015, they ruled that she violated their constitutional right. So they held that Kim Davis, the former clerk of Rowan County. Um, violated the constitutional rights of two same-sex couples um, were among those who she wouldn't give marriage licenses to because marriage obviously was legal at the time, but she wouldn't do it. I don't know if that means she gets to go back to jail or nothing, but they said that she violated their constitutional rights. I don't know how that goes when you sue a person when they're acting on behalf of the government. I don't know if there's damages. I don't know either. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know what I think about it. Like, whether they should get damages. You know what I mean? Okay, why do you say that? Well, I'm just saying, who are the damages coming from? Right? Because remember, she got arrested because she wouldn't fulfill her duty for the government. Like, you're right. just an agent for the government. But when you do something, right. if it's illegal, they can arrest you. But your damages right. can technically come from the from the agency that you're representing. So oh, if you okay. go to Mc, right. So if you go to McDonald's and a McDonald's worker um, spills some hot coffee on you, you can sue McDonald's. But if they threw it on you, you can send them to jail. You know what I mean? That individual can go to jail for for assault for assaulting you. But McDonald's is responsible okay. because there was a. Yeah, so that's what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, I don't, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But I don't know in this judge ruling if the the mm. people who were were who rights were violated. I don't know who's going to pay the penalty, whether the state will or will um, that woman, um, Kim Davis, do do that. Anyway. I don't know. You know what they say? Stay stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow up on that. So you know, classified files was revealed of how Ronald Reagan's 1982 um, visit to England with the, with the Queen of England, um, they sealed their backdoor deal for the Falkland Wars. Do you remember the Falkland Wars? You studied that in your history books there, Jay? When, Brit, when the British folks sent folks to the, the Falklands to fight the Argentinians? I've never heard of that. Okay, so... Anyway, the Falkland Islands, which is near Argentina, is a British territory. And it's been disputed for years, right? Britain is still claiming territory that's on the other end of the North Pole from them, 
Like, that's near the South Pole, and England said it's ours. So they actually went to war. But Ronald Reagan had these visits to England that I guess the Queen was like, are you good with us going to war? And you won't back them. And um, apparently there was some behind-the-door deal that they were cool with it. And, you know, Reagan has done this a lot. There's a lot of things that came out about Reagan, even with um, South Africa, where he called Margaret Thatcher and was like, um, South Africa's going down. Pull, pull up. Because they were supporting F.W. Clerk and those guys in apartheid. And then once Congress, the U.S. Congress, you know, Maxine Waters actually co-sponsored that bill. But once the U.S. stopped funding um, South Africa, Ronald Reagan called Margaret Thatcher in England and told her, we're going to lose this. So they called F.W. Clerk and he said, okay. Let's let Mandela out. They didn't do. They didn't hmm. let Mandela out because they were good people. They knew they were about to go down because once they didn't have money from the U.S. and England, South Africa couldn't survive apartheid. So the only way white folks can keep control for them to give black people the illusion that they was going to share power, and that's what they did. But that was Reagan time, by the way. That's your history books He's reflect that. He- he, he's done a lot of stuff, man. Well, you know, the Iran Contra. I mean, you know, folks act like oh, yeah. he's a great president. He has some mess going on while he was president. Yeah. Yep. Cocaine for guns, for money, for war. You know, and didn't, wasn't that Panama, Noriega stuff? Wasn't that Reagan too? Yep, sure was. Yeah, Reagan caused a lot of chaos on this planet. Not only did he have a war on drugs, this is your brain on drugs, those egg commercials. But with Nancy Reagan, that dude did a lot of chaos at home and abroad. And Trump is worse than him. Now, let's just see how this is going to play out with people recalling Trump's history. It's going to be worse. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, It'll be worse. Yep. Yep. A Wisconsin man, 23, is sentenced to life in prison for killing and dismembering his parents after he discovered that he was lying about being a police scuba diver and working for SpaceX. Now, Chandler uh, uh, Halderson was convicted of killing his parents after they discovered his lies, and he was sentenced to Thursday to life without parole. Now, again, I should have played black or white on this, but if I would have told my parents that I was a scuba diver and worked for SpaceX, they wouldn't have believed me anyway. <laughs> when they found out he was lying to <laughs> There are some lies we just can't get away with, Jay. That would be one of them. <laughs> That's one. Yeah, I want you to do this the next time you go into Kroger's. <laughs> Just go in and say, hey, I work for SpaceX. And they'll be like. <laughs> no, thank you. They'll like, I'll pass. Jay, they'll be like, paper or plastic? <laughs> like, what do you like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, whatever, man. Get out of here. <laughs> Nothing get out of here. Yes. Now, a boy, 13, accidentally killed his mom after picking up a gun and shooting her in the neck as he was playing with it while he sat in the car outside of a, uh, a Food for Less store. Now, police charged his dad, their oh, dad, wow. Un- wow. they charged his father um, with unlawful yeah. use of a weapon, and he was uh, he was detained after the shooting and will be uh, charged with unlawful use of a weapon. Police said that he did not have, he didn't necessarily, I'm sorry, he did not have the necessary 
concealed carry permit. Now, this is where I need LES on my side. Because, again, if this was a white kid, they would not have turned oh. the Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't tell me that part now. You didn't see, you didn't tell me that part. Yeah, I didn't hear it. Okay, maybe I wasn't listening. I didn't hear that. No, think about it. Okay, so when the kid goes into the elementary school and shoot all of those kids in Connecticut, did they go arrest his parents? Do you remember that? Well, well, no, well, no, yeah, no, no, I know they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, no, no. I just didn't know that it was a black or white situation. My bad, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. His name was Paul Ma- Watson. <laughs> Let's play black. Oh, white. okay, there you go. Where there, where there you go? <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was 23, and he was a black man. So they arrested him with an accidental, uh, accidental shooting of his toddler. Instead of having empathy to be like, I cannot believe that this happened. He shot his wife, right? And uh, and shot and killed her. And they're like, yo, we're taking you to jail. But white kids get illegal guns from their parents all the time, shoot up elementary schools, and, and the parents are like, oh, my gosh, we didn't see that coming. It's not their fault. Uh, they didn't have it locked up, but he took, he did it on his own militia, or uh, his own, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But they did get this one kid now. They got his parents. The one, the last one that did all these killings. Yeah, yeah, the last one. But think about the kid in Florida, the kid, the the guy in um, what Connecticut, the the other kids of um, in Aurora, like they got their guns from their parents. Some of them, did, you know, I know the cases where the, the the kids were stockpiling weapons. Those weapons are coming from their parents stockpiling weapons. They, you know, guns are not that doggone cheap. So when you have a four or five hundred dollar gun in your possession, that and you're a teen, probably got it from your parents. Right. More than likely, yeah. Yeah, and so even even the kid who who um, that Kyle Rittenhouse guy, they should have arrested their mother, right? Like she should have well, yeah, been like, especially why her. Have- she she took him there exactly. So she played more of a role in that case than, than, yeah. than most, right? She aided and abetted him, right? It's like um, in the case you're not, in case you're not following, if you if your friend rob a bank and he jump into your car, you are going to jail. If somebody commits a crime and you drive them away from yep. the crime scene, one that they committed the crime, you're going to jail. Yep. Yep. So, so again, he didn't. He didn't even get arrested. Now, you know, um, a 22-year-old New York woman faces attempted murder charges over claims that she, her tender date, into coming over to her property where she tortured, he was tortured while his um, family was ordered to pay a $100,000 ransom. He kidnapped oh, him. Wow. Yeah, right? And so according to the New York Post, this woman, um, Valerie Rosario, she's 22, she they said she's alleged to have deliberately lured um, an unsuspected 24-year-old man over to her apartment um, for a plot to be carried out by others, and they tried to get him to pay a $100,000 ransom. And here's the thing about this story for me is, oh, well, I'll tell you what happened. It included putting the victim in a bath where they sprayed him with flammable liquids 
and then set him on fire and tortured him with knife blades, kept cutting him, right? I know this is a disgusting oh, wow. story, but they found him in 24 hours because the family, if somebody's extorting you for money, call the freaking police, right? Because technically they're counting on you being scared not to call police to give them money. So apparently right. they, they thought the guy had money. And get this. Her defense attorney pleaded that she believed that she'd be released and that she lived with her mother and brother while working as a dental at a dental office. So they wanted to let her go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm, That's crazy. I'm gonna have to ask my hygienist some questions next time I go there. I'm like, hey, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she kinda of scared me. I need to know what my hygienist does on the weekends now. My bad. All right, now, country music legend Dolly Parton, she um, took herself out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominations because she says she don't feel that she earned the right to be recognized in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, there's a lot of reasons to like Dolly Parton. Now, she's 76, right? And she was one of 17 nominees in February, and she said... Even though I'm extremely flattered and grateful to be nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't feel that I have earned the right. And I really don't want to um, want votes to be split because of me. So I respectfully bow out. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. She's a nice lady, but, man. I didn't realize she was as nice as she was and all the things that she made. Mean, she's a really good person. Yeah, and you know her her memoirs is, is kind of is kind of crazy because Dolly Parton does not care. Like she is just one of those people who are just like she's free. She's like, oh yeah, I love I love men and I love sleeping with men. Like whatever. Like she she will say she's married too, and she she'll say stuff like that. Like does not care. And she did that before she turned seventy six. She just kind of always you know put that out there. But I want to say this to Dolly Parton just in case you're listening. You need to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And two reasons why is because as a black child, I still remember that song, Two Doors Down and stuff. They laughing and singing and having a party. Oh, I remember Dolly oh, Parton. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of Dolly Parton songs, and that wasn't on my radio station. That wasn't what we listened to. And she wrote the famous Whitney Houston song, I Will Always Love You. Absolutely. And so just as a songwriter, Dolly Parton is a fabulous and a great songwriter, and she probably needs to be recognized um, for music. She's already in the Country Music Hall of Fame, but Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, eh, don't get it twisted. Dolly Parton, she is an icon either way, and a, and a very decent yeah. human being. She should be in. It. Yeah, and her remark and her remarks about Whitney, man, just they, they were touching. I mean, it was really uh, she's really a good person. And I guess, you know, because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is really, really, it's like it's the really the music Hall of Fame. Because there's a lot of people in there that are African-American artists who didn't write rock and roll music. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's, I don't know, I don't know. It just seems to me that uh, we should have some type I, of, you know. I think rock and roll. Like an all genre. Yeah, yeah, what I don't think? think it's like just rock music. I think rock and roll. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think yeah. it's more like pop culture is what I think of rock and roll is. Who's popular is pop yeah, culture. 
Yeah, but yeah, but still, you know, think about it though. Why we have to call it rock and roll? You know what I'm saying? Why can't we just call it, like you said, pop culture, you know, Hall of Fame or whatever? It just seems to me that, I don't know. But I see what you're saying. That's what rock and roll is because that genre was created. um, Again, if you want to find some history on it, you know, a great program is the show Adam Ruins Everything on True TV. And they go through that. Rock and roll, because they used to call black music race records. Right. And so anytime black people came up with music, they tried to separate their categories from everybody else. So one DJ right. was a black person's music and they said it, 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 it um, that was rock and roll. And they named the category oh. because putting black people in a category. And then once black people got in it, of course, white people. Oh, we do rock and roll. It's like being a cowboy. Oh, I didn't, right? know. Oh, man, I didn't know that. Wow. Where's some me today again? Wow. I did not know that. Oh. Yeah, like white folks was called cow hands back in the days, and of course the derogatory for black people was boy. So being a cowboy was a little bit more derogatory. But until right. the, this, this, uh, you know, this, the the um, people who were doing rodeo stuff became popular, those black cowboys, white folks wanted to be cowboys. They they thought it was trading back then, but now they want everybody want to be a cowboy. So yep. yeah. That that happens again. History that that's critical race theory. So I'm gonna sorry about putting that on the program today. <laughs> Hopefully, I <laughs> Hey, hey, because we're in Texas, we don't follow the rules, buddy. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Okay, uh, my my fault. All right. So scientists <laughs> scientists are developing the world's first infinity train with an electric battery that recharges using the force of gravity. So this Australian wow. company, yeah, wouldn't that be cool? This Australian that is company, cool. Yep, behind that, that plan, um, and they said that it will remove the need for tr- for trains to be powered by diesel. So even though we're in a, you know, a gas crisis now, the reason that gas companies right. do not want to invest in pulling more gas up is because we know that stuff like this is coming down the pike. Right. Can you imagine? When you drive your car, it would charge your battery because that's what the alternator does. So you would exactly. think that when, car, when cars get a little bit more power, they won't even need gas. The better the batteries get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like having a really big alternator. Or you drive it, the more it charges. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you know what? And it makes you think, how come we didn't come up with this a long time ago? If you know how yeah, alternator that's, that's what I'm sitting there thinking. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. You know, it's like uh, your battery. People don't realize that all your battery does is start your car. Period. Yeah. Once your car is on, your, your alternator takes over. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. So your that's why they say in cold weather you need so many amps in your battery because all it does is start your car. And if you're all it does. if you're in a if you're in a place that um, has a lot of heat, then you know that the heat will drain your battery. So that's why mm-hmm. in hot and the difference between cold starting and hot starting is very different. But when you, you're in hot areas, you change your battery more because it drains your battery in that heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So we should have a, a mechanics segment with, with um, Jay because I don't know chat. 
Let's not not loop with this LES because I don't know either. I'm surprised he'll tell that story one day. No, not with me, bro. <laughs> you don't okay. want me to do <laughs> You'll be like, first of all, you want to get your duct tape and you want to place it right around the tube. Right? Like, we'll be, we'll be jacking people up. <laughs> Oh, right. look here. So, you know what? This, cl- this, cl- this clown is listening. He just sent me a message. I wonder who taught you that. Whatever, Mr. LES, man. <laughs> Go somewhere with that, man. <laughs> Go somewhere with that. He's listening. He just sent me a text. Dirty rat. <laughs> he, he's, he's monitoring uh, and seeing how you do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know, like, yes, I know he's so up Nicely, so he's like checking you out. All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. How we do. Okay, so Elias <laughs> needs to be there for, for this one. You know, Mike Tyson is releasing a line of edible gummy, like like that's like ear shaped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I saw that. Oh, I was a little disgusted by it, but I looked at the at the, image of, <laughs> the ear has a little piece chipped out of it. The actual gummies have a. Have their gummy ears with a little piece of it taken out of it. Isn't that wrong? Uh, yeah, it is wrong. Yeah, hopefully, but I, I see it. <laughs> I see that though. Evander Holyfield's like, man, what's up with that? <laughs> Next, I'm like, hopefully, hopefully he's cutting Evander into this because that's just crazy. And if you yeah, don't know, yeah. <laughs> you know. He also has a cannabis brand too, Tyson 2.0. Yeah, yeah. Undisputed yeah. cannabis. Yeah, yeah. Is, they're behind <laughs> the edibles. Though. So I don't know. If the edibles. I, hey, um, the edibles are called Mike Bites. <laughs> they really went off. Oh, on this day. <laughs> Mike Bites. Oh man, it, that's some crazy uh, mess right there, boy. Mike Bites. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you don't want to mess with no mic bites, because uh, first no, of all, no. have weed, and then it's gonna make you want to. When you run out, you might want to bite somebody's ear. So I don't, I don't know if you want to mess. <laughs> yeah. With. And, and, and look here, let's just add this to it. And look here, man, and let's just add this to it too. You don't want to really mess with Mike Tyson either. I don't care how old he is. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I pass. <laughs> let me tell you something. Having a flashback with Mike Tyson sitting next to you is not going to be a good thing. <laughs> like Mike's like, wait, like, don't say that to Mike. Especially if he had a couple of edibles. You have a flashback. You don't want to mess with him. Mm. Mm. All right. But, All right, bro. We got so, two minutes, man. You got time for one more? Yeah, yeah. You know, here's one that I want. <laughs> I thought about not doing this one, but Cameron okay. Diaz, actress. You know, she retired from Hollywood, right? But she, she said in an interview, she said that she don't even wash her face now. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, yeah, I would have played black or white, but there would be no black actress that or actor that would say that. She said that she rarely oh, thinks gosh. about she said she rarely thinks about her appearance anymore and never washes her face despite owning a personal care uh, product company. She said she was a victim. She said she was a victim of sex addiction. Hey, no look, I have no interest in Cameron Diaz, but um, power to you for not washing your face. But um, I'm sure you don't have any black friends. 
because they'd be like, look, they would have uh, to sit you down. Not, <laughs> yeah. Hey, girlfriend, get your <laughs> act together. <laughs> well, cool, there's, man. Well, listen, we there, man. Hey, hey, there's such a thing as um, not wearing your outside clothes on your bed in, in black people's household. So you, you need to know there's rules. There's, hey, you're right. I actually, I actually created a list of those things, but yeah, there are things that we don't do. You ought to All start right, doing that. some of those too. <laughs> start doing Let's some do of that. those. Yeah. All right. Educate some of our people out there. All right, that is it, my man. Hey, listen, Mr. Elias, I hope I did you proud today, bro. Jerome, man, I appreciate you allowing me to tag along with you today, man. It's always fun to hang out doing the doing this portion of your show. Yes, sir. Ride with us more often, Jay. Need to hang out. All right, brothers. I hear you right, All man. Right. It's fun. I love it. All right, man. All have right. a good week, folks. Y'all have a great week, and we appreciate you listening. We are out of here. Uh, see you next Sunday right here on the TGRS right. Radio Network, online radio is best.